Hello, everybody. It's your old friends on Monday Madness, and welcome to the first uh, That Was Liquid Football podcast of the new season. So uh, it's just me and Bergbot in tonight because unfortunately Neil has disappeared into the void of fatherhood, uh, as we are calling it now. And it's it's a lot catchier than what than the actual truth of the matter. And I think I think he'll give him a little chuckle as well. But uh, yeah. but this, yes, unfortunately, uh, let's just say he pulled his hamstring in, in preseason. There we go. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. <laughs> the hamstring uh, sniper <laughs> got to him. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, and, and they'll all come for all of us, lads. And that's the, that's the thing. It's just he just got there quicker. And um, but yes, uh, as we are talking to you right now, hopefully you are listening to this on Saturday or whenever you may listen to your podcasts. Uh, the first match of the season is just about to kick off between Brentford and Arsenal. So uh, how very convenient for us to jump in and start talking about the season that we're going to have um, in that regard. So uh, Bert Butt, your initial thoughts, are you excited for the new season? Are you ready to get hit the ground running and get those points and get that Champions League football back? Uh, no, no, Great. I can't no, even. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't even pretend to be excited for this. I mm. am filled with an existential dread like no other. Yeah. Uh, last year we had the kind of unknown quantity of Arteta, yeah. uh, not having a preseason for us to judge him on, and now we've had a preseason to judge him on, and it. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm, that's not to say I don't think Arteta is a good coach. I do think he's a good coach. But I do feel like the rebuild is still ongoing. Uh, we are still um, in the transfer window. Mm-hmm. It is open as we are starting the season, which I don't particularly like. I like having all our business done before the start of the season. But I can understand the logistics of keeping it open while matches are in place. But yeah, um, what about you and Liverpool? Do you think uh, Liverpool can do it again? Well, I was about to jump into the conversation about who we think could actually be in title contention. Uh, because uh, contrary to popular view, I do think it's a bit of an open race this season. A little bit, a little bit. So uh, again, where we left you last, um, at least in terms of the kind of like uh, club football, uh, Man City and Chelsea had was dueling out in the Champions League final that nobody really cared about. Let's be honest, lads. Um, it was actually there was actually so much plastic in that uh, cup final that it may have actually killed the ocean. Um, but no, I'm joking, of course, just banter, lads. Uh, but no, it, it, realistically speaking, um, Man City and Chelsea have both uh, reinforced uh, their strike forces uh, mm-hmm. with 100 million pound deals, which we'll talk about, no doubt. So they obviously are in contention. And then Man United making surprisingly shrewd signings as well. So, uh, funny enough, they have all kind of done their business uh, fairly efficiently, all things considered. And then Liverpool, you could kind of argue, have stood still a, a little bit. But um, when you kind of, when you do kind of get into it, there's reasons for that, um, which we'll probably get into. But um, but I suppose like to start off this podcast again, uh, we are previewing the Premier League and uh, other football that's happening because uh, the Bundesliga is starting tonight as well. That's funny enough. Um, but uh, I suppose I'll ask the question, Bert, but how would you, who would you identify as the main title protagonists uh, this season? Uh, I, I can't see anyone other than City and Chelsea going for it, to be honest. I think it's going to be mm. a two-horse race between those two. Like you said, their strike force reinforcements there are kind of ones to look out for. Like, um, as, you know, they've got the money, they've spent the money like it's yeah um liverpool if they have a season like they did last season i don't see there being any real threat 
from mm. them. But uh, other than Van Dijk coming back into the squad, uh, I don't think too much else has been done by Liverpool. Like that could obviously change. I know you've kind of your like your transfer window has mostly been nailing down contracts for your your yeah. key players, and obviously that is important to have that. But um, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be as much excitement or a buzz about the squad that would have mm. me. And it, that just could be, yeah. yeah that, that could just be the media overhyping City and Chelsea's work and underhyping the Liverpool work. So, like, you know, mm. but I, I've been do like I've been, you know, I suppose confused by that or kind of enthralled by that. So, mm. yeah, I think it's gonna be a two horse race between City and Chelsea. Interesting, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you in the sense where, like, you're you're obviously looking at Man City and Chelsea as kind of title protagonists, and uh, and in fairness, you, you, like I said, we're not wrong with that because any team that spends a hundred million on a player is naturally going to either they're buying in quality and they're buying in quality for now, as opposed to like not like a, an investment. Like Man City are buying in Grealish for the first team, and like Chelsea, of course, are using the Kaka to replace Werner. And um, which again, uh, we obviously don't Neil can't join us, but he has uh, given <laughs> some of his thoughts, thoughts, thoughts remotely, and uh, we will be playing them throughout the show. But but the thing about it is, like, um, I do see where you're kind of coming from with the Liverpool side in that there isn't that much of a buzz around Liverpool from say the outside, like, people are not looking at the club team and going, like, oh, they're not massive title contenders. I do think they're in the conversation though. Um, and, and honestly, like I don't. The reason I'm saying that is because we do have have a full strength squad. Like I think a lot of it does come down to that. Because if you remember, yeah. even from the tail end of last season, our defense was Nat Phillips and Reese Williams or Ozan yeah. Tabak, you know. And even before then, it was Fabinho and Jordan Henderson. And I, I think we've learned from a mistake from last season in the sense where, if we have left a hole in one of the areas of the of the team. Replace it immediately. You know, that, that's why we, we, we acted early and we got Ibu Kanate in from Leipzig. That was our only signing so far. And truth be told, like, unless we do start selling a few players, which we have done, we have we have moved some people on, but it depends on where you're selling them from, in another kind of way. Because we had, like, way too many midfielders in the books, but they were not, like, first-team midfielders. And that's where we were going wrong. Um, and now we're kind of at the point where, like, okay, now we need to shift out first-team defenders, like Nat Phillips and so forth, which is a shame because I fucking love the guy. Um, yeah. And then I know we want to shift out the likes of Shakiri and Origi, which is a shame because I fucking love those guys as well. So, like, it's, it's so it's so hard to, to, to judge where you want to improve the team. They All the, 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 the kind of noise from Liverpool is that they're not actively trying to, like, rebuild the squad now because that's not the problem. They're, they're happy that they can get a season out of the likes of Salah, Mane uh, and Henderson, this season and then then the rebuild starts and um, and that's fair enough because like for, from my point of view there's no point competing with a man city or chelsea when they're spending that sort of money like don't bother like literally be, be a bit smarter about it you know like if there's a bargain going and there's a player that you can think you can shine up go for it you know like that's the way liverpool have done with most of their recruitment really bar the likes of fabinho and and uh and van dyke because you're just buying the best in show there you yeah know? yeah um and it, in a sense, like a kind of like Manchester, Man United have kind of gone the opposite route of that, where they just realized, oh, fuck it, let's just stop looking for internal solutions. Let's just buy the best. And they did. They bought Sancho and Varane. And legit, like, we're going to be doing like a transfer window rundown later on when the window does actually show. Yeah. And United will be up there because those are two big, like, holes that that's been plugged. And they'll be a, a more serious outfit. I still think there's questions about the side, but they're going to be better. And, um, but yeah, like, I, I think, like, even then, like, that's a, 
any kind of like permutation of that is your top four, in my opinion. I think there's a big drop down then in terms of quality. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm the same with you. Like, I don't think Liverpool will be a league contender. I definitely see them challenging more for the Champions League. They they strike me as a Champions League side, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like just the, yeah, just yeah. with the fact like the 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 first team is so good and the season, especially with the Cup of Nations, the season hitting the way it does. I think we're at our best in those times. So I think we will be a, a Champions League side more so than the league. Um, or maybe, shockingly, we could be the one year we actually take the FA Cup seriously. Yeah, no, that's because, not No. What <laughs> has that ever happened on the club? Um, but yeah, like that's that's what I that's what I think is gonna happen with us because even from from even looking at like some of the preseason friendlies and the uh, and uh, the training and so forth, oh, that they, like these lads are they're back to the full speed, um, particularly uh, Van Dijk, particularly Matip. Matip has been great. In fairness, like I said the same thing last season where like it was a big season for the fringe players, um, the likes of your Oxes, your Shakiris, your Caters to jump in and replace a player. Yeah, they didn't. Show they, didn't they didn't. Yeah. No, but the but again, going by preseason, they have like Ox has been great. Kate has been has put on a lot of muscle, and that's helping them out a lot. But the biggest surprise has been Shimikas, who will probably see play um, tomorrow or tonight as this goes out, and um, and like he he's has he's going to have to replace Robertson now for the first month or so, and he's absolutely fantastic. Like, he's a bit shaky defense wise, but crossing, attacking, brilliant, and that's the sort of players you needed to to, to step up. And like from that point of view, I think we will, we will be okay. Maybe not title contenders, but we will be in the conversation. I think, um, and I, I think like like I said, I, I don't, I, I don't see anyone really beating Man City and Chelsea unless they both have mares, which I don't think is going to happen this year. I think I think for the most part it'll be those two. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, in terms of that, then let's go further down the down the league. Then um, obviously. We, we reckon that's the top four or some combination of it between the two of us. Um, but then what were the teams that are knocking on the door? Like who, who would you kind of see as top is, is best of the rest in that category? Um, I actually have um, like top, my, making up my top four, I have Leicester um, in those places. Uh, Man United in fifth, purely because they might've bought two good star players, mm. but uh, like you know your Varane and your um, Sancho but like uh, I just don't see so much cohesion like unless they get like a real gel in midfield I can't really see the cohesion and like they might have a very strong centre-back pairing or a yes. very tough to beat centre-back pairing maybe not like strong in terms of all round but like um, if they don't have that passing through midfield and whatnot I can't see working out and that's just me kind of guessing um okay. i have uh aston villa and arsenal battling out for sixth place interesting um, now, with aston villa, aston villa have been, <laughs> i was about to say yeah because like aston villa have been kind of the biggest shaker and mover in the summer because obviously greenish going but my word have they replaced him superbly <laughs> like i can't fault him on that yeah yeah um like and they were trying to get Emile Smith Rowe, if the papers are to be believed, um, which is just an, a just a, a cheeky uh, nod to um, the kind of it was a cheeky bid, but it was a nod to the kind of direction that they were looking for in their midfield. Mm. Like they want to create like a creative, an actual playmaker, yeah, yeah, playmaker. Mm. Um, 
they've got Buendia uh, and they're kind of, uh, was it Ings as well? Yeah, uh, like they, they, they've got Buendia, Ings and uh, and Bailey, Leon Bailey from Bayer Leverkusen. Um, yeah, like I think... By all accounts, yeah. they're not finished there either. So yeah, it, there could be more in on the way. And, and like I said, like for, for a player like Grealish, like they've replaced them exceptionally well. Like that's, yeah. a, that's a completely different team there. Um, so yeah, they, they're intriguing me. I, I'm not going to lie. I was very, very jealous of Leicester uh, and their recruitments because I think they've done very well. I think signing Bertrand was a very sneaky move on their side. Like um, I know his, 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 his passes are behind them, but get them on a free squad player, kind of like a a, a deputy to kind of George Thomas, which is our... Uh, I suppose, yeah, I thought George Thomas, but because uh, Castanius always injured, um, yeah, you know, like so he'll be he'll be very good in that sense. But two big signings in Sumari and Daka, like um, I've been singing the praises of Pat and Daka for a while. You um, have, and that's like I I was kind of a bit met, and I mean, I just remember you going, "Oh, you're that's the guy Jonathan loves." <laughs> oh, he's a specimen. He's an absolute fucking specimen. Like I remember. Um, I think a couple of years ago we went to the Red Bull uh, like training camp for like uh, for a friendly or two, and he just tore us apart. And now he was like twenty twenty one at the time. I think he's like the same. He's about six foot two, six foot three, but his pace is surreal. Like you know, like how when Abamyang was like yeah, at his height, top bottom, notch, yeah. Like it, it, it doesn't even compare. Like he was so like uh, built. Like he just the, the the strength on the ball was something else, and he just tears the fences apart. Like if he does get going in the Premier League. We won't know what fucking hit us, yeah. Any team because that strike force of like, like I've already granted like what 34 now at this stage, but Ian Acho and, and Daka as a front line is fucking is fantastic. Um, and then Sumari then Bolster in the midfield, um, obviously won the league on last season, so he's one of the biggest uh, winners from that sense. Um, yeah, and then, and then they just signed Vestergaard as well for Southampton, which I not I'm a bit mad about myself, but he had a very good Euro, so I'm, I'm willing to give him on that. Yeah, I think it was more the kind of Euros uh, performance had him stand out more so than his previous Premier League experience. Yeah, in fairness, like any kind of defender that, that has back-to-back 9-0 losses on their CV um, is not going to look good, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, you mentioned Arsenal there um, when we were in that conversation. So uh, I think it's only fair to ask you how you feel Arsenal going to do this season because uh, I think it's fair to say it's a kind of an air of pessimism around Arsenal this season. Um. Yeah, no, it is. It's pessimistic, and it's purely because, um, there had okay, yeah, right. We in the transfer window, we looked at the squad, and we, you know, there's a lot of dead weight in the squad. Um, it's a squad that has consistently finished eighth, which is not good enough for this club. Um, yeah. and. Uh, like you would hope that after two seasons of underperforming like that, that the squad would get a rejuvenation. Mm. Um, and in terms of transfers, the, I have been underwhelmed. Um, I think uh, fans have been excited about the signings of Le, uh, Congo and um, Tavares, but like they're not, they weren't bought to be starters. And they like, I think Lukongo's starting tonight because Party is out injured, which is yes. just going to be the case. I think, again, he's going to have another injury riddle season by the looks of things. Um, and a lot of the stuff that we wanted to get rid of, like uh, an underperforming captain in Captain Jacka, is captain mm-hmm. again tonight. Um, uh, despite all of you know the intentions to sell him, 
and then letting him go. Uh, it's just, uh, I think as a fan, as a fan group, people would have mm. expected more from the club over the transfer window because looking at the squad and looking at the dead weight. But re- in reality, I don't, I think it was too much to ask for things like uh, a complete overhaul in a season where we've not got Champions League money or European money yeah. even coming in. Uh, but I think it was like, it was hoped that and it can still be the case, transfer window still ongoing, that a lot of the dead weight can be moved on um, with maybe the hopes of some profit. But at, as things stand, it doesn't necessarily look like that will happen. And mm. as I'm talking, oof, good chance. Um, no, uh, I, it's pessimistic purely because other than, the, I think the biggest move that we've done is keep Emil Smith-Rowe. Yeah, that, uh, that's huge. That's huge. Good contract. And I think that is the best piece of business we've done and the best piece of business that we've been linked to. It's also one of the kind of, when you see your club is putting in offers and in talks with a club, for uh, Aaron fucking Ramsdale, um, it is it that can't inspire you. That doesn't inspire hope in anybody. Like mm. apart from Sheffield United, at the hope of getting rid of him. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just that there's nothing there to give you hope. Like, and I'm not saying I'm optimistic that we can break into European slots because I do think if we can get a consistent performing forward line. No matter, mm. I don't really care who that forward line is. Um, if we can get a f- consistent scoring forward line, we can do okay. Uh, yeah. Elba having such an off season last season really, really, really scuppered our hopes because we had mm. no other um, outlet um, for for goals. And that was really evident last season. And hopefully, like, but we haven't done anything to bolster our attack. We are now playing uh, Martinelli and Balogun uh, mm. tonight in, a, in this first match of the season because Lacazette and Oba are sick. So read into that yes, what you yes. will. Um, yeah, starting as we go, mean to go on with three potential starting players out from the get go. Yeah, like it's. It's a strange one. Like I, I, I kind of said it during the during the off season that Arsenal, uh, from a, from the outside looking in, looks like a very very confused mess. Like um, for certain teams and for certain clubs who do have like an upper center, we mentioned Leicester, we mentioned Aston Villa. You can see that the whole club is pulling in the same direction. They all have the same idea. They're going for something. Like it, it, the Villa's case is to uh bolster that squad with with class and they've done that they're doing that with, with the players they have Leicester are doing the same thing they know they need a variety replacement and they just have to get them and he's a six foot three Zambian who can run at 200 miles an hour that that's a pretty good replacement you know kind of way mm-hmm. with Arsenal I don't see that that focus you know I don't see uh, everyone singing on the same hymn sheet because on one side of the Arsenal squad I see a good crop of homegrown talent the likes of your Smith Rose and Sackers and they have had that kind of partnership and, and blend for years because they would have come to the academy together. But then on the other side, I see like people earning 200k a week, like Abamyang and Willian, who are like essentially like performance-wise nicking a living. Like it's been a, it's been an unpopular opinion of mine for last season saying Abamyang was on to overall a, a worse performer than Willian for Arsenal this season. And I still believe that. Yeah, yeah. I still believe that because he's your team captain. 
he is your team captain and you have he's had to be your focal point for the entire season and he did not deliver um because especially considering that like at the end you have to rely on Lacazette who as we said could be hit and miss for goals yeah. Pepe then stepping up as well but it was too little too late your captain did not show up for that season and you should be very annoyed at him for that um well, on, I, I on, on that, I, w- I won't say I, I'm annoyed. Um, and I and I just, if he had a very unusual season for him, he mm. um, he had malaria. Yeah, I get like, that. I totally get that. Like, Even before and after that. Before that, he also had he had uh, family issues going on. Mm. So maybe um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Ju- just on that, like uh, I know these are footballers and it's their professional job, but I don't think anyone who's had to deal with kind of a family illness and mm. ha- still have to go into work. I don't think anyone can say they've put in the full hundred percent into their work if they've got a mind on other things. And, oh yeah. But yeah. Fair yeah look, look, I, I, I'm not going to say like, I, I think I, <laughs> I know he's your captain. I know he underperformed. I know he was very frustrating at points. Like, you know, he was late to the Tottenham match and things like that, the discipline issue. Mm. But uh, um, on a club front, one player underperforming shouldn't scupper a whole season. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And that's, yeah. that's, that is uh, an admin issue. That is a, a management issue, not mm. that player's issue. You know, it's, yeah, it, that, that's just my point on that. Like, I, that's something I would feel strongly about. I think players' well-being yeah, yeah. helps no, their game. Enough. Fair. Yeah. And and the thing with that is like I'm much to your point, like you shouldn't if, if that is the case, then other players should have stepped up, which they didn't, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and that's the kind of thing. It should not be left to a twenty a twenty year old and a nineteen year old to pull the team forward. And that's that's kind of what's been happening. But at the same time, like if that is the case, if you know like these two are the future of your team, then work around that. Like I like it does only happen today that you guys have sold Willock to um to Newcastle and well, it's a brilliant deal for, deal for Newcastle and no doubt be a good deal for Willock himself because he's guaranteed first-team football and gone by his form, guaranteed goals as well. It's such a very baffling move from Arsenal's side because if, if Arteta was really serious about this whole project of, like, of rebuilding the squad and getting that youth and getting that energy, getting that Arsenal identity back, he would never have sold Willock for any form of money. You know? And this is what kind of confuses me about Arsenal is that I just don't feel that there's a, an agreement from everyone over how to rebuild the side. I think there's one side I, who wants I, to I do feel players. like um, Arteta's inexperience as a manager is showing that yeah. he might He's make a decision no for the team. And yeah, and that, but think other decisions are being made. And like this isn't with any sort of knowledge, but I got the like got the opinion, and I was so excited when he joined because I had this opinion of him as uh, he was captain of Arsenal. Yeah. Um, he was a leader on the pitch. And I can't imagine he'd want to play, like, his team that he's managing to play the way we are. I mm. would get that he would want us to play the way he used to play with Arsenal. Um, yeah. And it must be really frustrating where he goes in, it's like, I want this to happen, I want this to happen, I want this to happen. And the board are like, yes, this will happen. And then all of a sudden, he's like, right, well, I'm going to put Willock into the team. And they're like, well, actually, he's actually up at Newcastle now, signing a new contract with them. Mm. And... This is, what this is what I'm talking it's about. A, it feels like he has to work with like what Kia Drabjit tells him is the squad, if you know what I mean. And that's yeah. what that's what upsets me about Arsenal because that's what that's the sort of fucked up your rebuild is if there's no one's cooperating. Um, and uh, this is the kind of that void that was there left when Wenger left. Mm. 
it hasn't been adequately filled. It hasn't been that his long overcoat of knowledge has not been replaced. And um, yeah, I like, I really wish I could say I'm optimistic about different aspects of the team, but I, there is nothing to give me hope. Um, yeah. the, the only hope would be that if we keep a young squad going, but that's a big if at this rate, like we're really, oh. really, you know, we're, we've lost Willock. We had serious interest in Smith Rowe. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just that just sums up our season, really. I think that's, this is going to be our season. There. Oh, there it is. 1-0. Sergi yeah. Canos, is it? It is Sergi Canos. Holy shit. Boy, he, did he ever take that fucking well? Oh. Take that one out, Sergi Canos. Look at this shite defending. Just standoffish. That was fantastic play. Callum Chambers, what are you at? Playing a right back again, eh? Switch aside, brilliant, great play, yeah. great play. Like, um, like again, you probably know the result of this as it, as it came out, but yeah, it's uh, interesting times ahead for Arsenal. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, let's, move let's move on. Let's move on. Um, yeah. Let's um. Let's actually. Let's be fair. Let's 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 kind of keep the theme. Let's talk about the promoter sides. Um. So up to the squad, up to the league this season is obviously Brentford, who got through the playoffs and uh, currently one 0 against Arsenal. Um, I will be talking about the prices later on, but let's talk about the, 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 the side that they actually topped the group uh, last year, which is Norwich. Um, the definition of a yo-yo club, I think it's fair to say. Um, mm-hmm. It's a weird one because they have obviously been promoted. They've dominated the championship. Uh, goals, assists, the whole lot. A lot of it was inspired by Emi Buendia, who has now joined Aston Villa for €30 million. Euros. So <laughs> it's an interesting time for Norwich because um, they've had to replace him immediately. But I, th- I think they kind of knew that themselves. Yeah. Um, and now also they could very well have to replace Tom Cantwell as well, who could also be going to Villa. So it's um, they could be looking at like a £50 million quid profit, but also the two best players have left the squad. <laughs> so it's a very strange one. Are they just gonna take, like, you know, create the players, sell them off, get the money, jump yo-yo forevermore? To be fair, it's it's not a, like if you're a side like Norwich or Fulham, that is like genuinely your best business model because you're just getting nothing but parachute payments. Like that's yeah. kind of the reason why West Brom are happy. Oh no, West Big Sam, nah, it's grand. We'll we'll hire another guy. It's fine. Um, and like that's kind of been their their motto in a sense. And to be fair, if that's making the most money, I won't hold it against them. And um, I will, what I will say about Norwich is that they have good blue chip players in the squad this this season. When they went when they got promoted last season, I felt they just didn't bother recruiting. They just wanted to kind of uh, go with what they had, uh, and that was their detriment. But now that they've had the likes of uh, uh, Mola Rashika coming in from Werder Bremen was a very shrewd signing, and um, for eight million as well, fucking bargain. Um, and he's kind of replacing Buendia. But then it's also the likes of, uh, of uh, Billy Gilmore going there on loan, I think is a really good move. Really good move. Um, and then the likes of, uh, there's a few, a few kind of blue chip players along the way as well. Just kind of ones that people, like kind of like scouting databases going, oh, nice one. I like that. This is like, okay, I've never heard of him, but I'll take your word for it. Random computer. Well <laughs> um, then, but yeah, look, I, I'm not optimistic about them either because I don't know if their actual... Um, like shortcomings have been fixed 
But on a very um, on a very selfish point of view, we do want to see our Irish lads do well, like Ida Maida and uh, Andrew Adamabele. So uh, hopefully they do good. Or yeah, get yeah. Whatever, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much the most interesting thing about them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so probably about time to switch to Watford then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very. I uh, like I, again. I was what I kept my eye on the championship for the most part um, last season, and it still baffles me how they were promoted. You know. Oh, because like they're so forgettable. It's not even that. It's like, it's a case of like they literally just went on a run. But, you know, like they they had they had a manager, and as is tradition with Watford, they sacked him uh, and replaced him with uh, with Zisco, who was a former Spanish international. And they literally went on a run of games where he won, where he just like won ten or eleven in a row, and that was enough because everyone around them started faltering, like the Brentford, uh, uh, Middlesbrough, Cardiff. They all started like wilting. Bristol as well, um, and Barnsley. That's the one I was thinking of. Barnsley. I was thinking like. Fuck! I would have loved to see the likes of a Barnsley or a or Cardiff, like Mick McCarthy Cardiff in the Premier League. But yeah, Watford, that would have been great. But Watford, like, is was such a hodgepodge of like young players, players that they signed like years ago and weren't allowed to use because of work permits. And all the, and all the while, Ben Foster is still there, like like trying to keep the ship together. <laughs> it's it's so weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I I don't have any. I'm much like you to this season, work, but I have no opinion on Watford. I just don't think they're going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. another another team for the parachute payments, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but again, uh, much that we're seeing right in front of us at the moment. Brentford looked to be the most interesting prospect. Um, and uh, I suppose, like, have you seen much of Brentford? Do you know? Um, of um them as what, a what I know about them is, um we were in for their goalkeeper or we wanted to get their goalkeeper and we missed out and instead went for Runerson, which worked out great. Solid show. Yeah. Three mini ones. Uh, um, so that's pretty much what I know about them. Um, it is, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I've, I presume they have something to do with London bees, the women's team. It's the same area. It's Brentford's. Um, so like the Brentford, like the obviously the bees are their mascot, but like the London bees are in the same area. So okay, well there you go. Uh, that's as much as I know, <laughs> and that's as much as I care to know. That's fair. Uh, no, in fairness, like I, I again, I've been, I, I've been one of these people that's that's been, that's sung the praise of Brentford for a while, and uh, just an incredibly well-run club. Like as a football club, they're fantastic, and um, they made a very odd thing to do, which was to uh, scrap their youth academy. Which, like okay. in England, is seen as like, how dare you not use your youth players like we would, as yeah. in sell them on for pittance to elite two side. And um, what they did instead was they copied the uh, Danish model um, of football, which is basically to uh, have a B team instead. So the B okay. team will go into like the the um, EFL trophy and the reserves and so forth. And literally, that is done so that they can progress players from B to, from the B team to A team. So they treat them as if it's a second side. Um, Very good. And, and again, the reason for that is that the, the Brentford owner is a professional gambler um, and he also owns FC Michelin in Denmark, which people might know as the team that knocked out Celtic this season. Uh, but we also played them in, um, in the Champions League last season and a very, very good team by all accounts. So the fact that Brentford have a hookup with essentially the Danish champions is a pretty big deal. Um, but again... Uh, Brentford have kind of had this reputation over the last few seasons of just creating brilliant 
players to sell on. Like they, they, their, their ability to create uh, prolific strikers is astounding. I don't think I've ever seen a team do as well like that since Southampton when they had the likes of Lallana and and Van Dijk and and so forth. Like they have Neil Malpay, Ollie Watkins, and now Ivan Tony on their books. They are able to create a striker, sell him off for thirty million, and then repeat it again. Yeah, like it's incredible. I've never seen a team do it and evolve so quickly as well. Um, and now on top of that, then they they've obviously had different people in charge for recruitment. Dean Smith was uh, was their coach before a while before he went to Villa, and now they've replaced him eventually with Thomas Frank, who a uh, bit of an unknown name in in England, but very well regarded in De- in Denmark and in other in the in Germany as well. He made his he uh, got his coaching badges. A lot of people rate him. A lot of people really like him. And um, hilariously enough, like his uh, recruitment policy is very funny. Um, he says he has a no dickheads clause. Um, oh, in nice. So, so literally, it's a case of like, <laughs> it's a case of uh, he happy with he's happy to sign somebody based on their skill, whatever it is. But if they are an arsehole, he won't go for it. And yeah, okay. When you okay, see well, the way they play, but, but he had Mope. Well, he was well, Mope was there before Frank was, so. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. Yeah, that, that so, makes but, sense then. Yeah, well, like I said, the, the principle of it is uh, is very good, and again. It's a very solid team. They play back the playing the back three, um, a very tidy left back Enrico Henry, who I'll be looking keeping an eye on this season. Uh, and even have like a a fellow called Ethan Pinnock, who's uh, not a big name as such, but two seasons ago was playing for Dulwich Hamlet in the conference, and now he's a Premier League player. So Jesus. again, that shows you the progression, and uh, even a Liverpool connection as well, because the guy who just scored um, against Arsenal there, Sergi Canos. Uh, was one of Rafa's disciples back in Liverpool and uh, has since gone and, and made a name for himself in Norwich and, and Brentford, respectively. So um, I, I'm also very, very intrigued to see how Ivan Tony does because the guy's a specimen, um, like I said. <laughs> and uh, 31 goals in the championship last season is a Jesus, pretty decent return, ball. yeah. Yes, so I, I am hopeful he will replicate it at least in some way. But um, but don't sleep on uh, Mbwemo as well, who's kind of the he's kind of striker up front of the minutes, but he, he's often a right winger. And um, he uh, the lineup was called BMW last season. It was Mbwemo, Ben Rama, and uh, and Watkins. And I think between them they scored about sixty five goals. So basically, a viv. Yes. One viv, one whole viv. viv. <laughs> nice, nice. Well done yeah. to those boys. Well done. Yes, Maybe men can't exactly. play football. Um, but obviously, Bremo is the only person to to last from that too. The other ones have yeah. moved on. But um, but yeah, it's still a very very good team. Uh, their squad depth is just Danish like internationals like Norgard, Matthias Jensen. These are these are lads who like did so well in the Euros and they're coming back to Brentford. You know. Um, yeah, no, so, yeah, it's, it's good. It, it, I think that shows that there's good management in place there. If you've got players yeah. like kind of returning like that. Oh, for sure. Um, and and like I said, they have a. They have a lovely new stadium, which they're playing in for the first time with fans, like, right now, which is, uh, you just love to see. You just love to see it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for them. Um, I suppose we get, before we get into our league table predictions, um, I think it's fair to say we might have a look at some of the uh, new managers in place and see how they do. I suppose the most noteworthy one is Everton, who replaced Carlo Ancelotti with Rafa Benitez, mm. which... I, again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Burkhardt, because that must seem like a really strange move out of context. Like, I, I, I would imagine for you guys, 
like being Liverpool supporters, that it'd be like Arsene Wenger going to Spurs. Mm. Is it that level of animosity um, and vitriol uh, you feel at the minute? Because I got angry seeing that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest, no. Genuinely not. Um, I'll tell you why, because, okay, granted, there's always a a percentage of the Liverpool fans who weren't actually fans. They're just virgins who have nothing else to do with their lives. Um, who have done the whole joke where like where they've kind of like taken Rafa off the banner of the the kind of like the the Mount Rushmore managers they've had and taking him off because he's not the everything. It's like no, grow up, you fucking idiot. Yeah, Rafa yeah. loves the city of Liverpool. His family still lives in Merseyside, and when he went to Liverpool initially, like a lot of people don't don't uh, seem to forget that he actually learned to speak English in Liverpool before before he went to, back to Spain to be a football manager. So he has always had this identity with the with the team. With yeah. the city, I should say. So obviously, when he, he did the sort of, sort of wonderful job with us, and um, that emotional connection was always going to be there, and like he did so much then for like the justice uh, for the for the uh, ninety six or ninety seven. Uh, he did so much work. Yeah, ninety seven, of course. Yes, and um, he did so much work behind the scenes for them, and he had no right to, in a sense, like he didn't have to. Um, he attended funerals, even when he was a Chelsea manager, when he was uh, elsewhere in the world, he always made time for Hillsborough. He always made time for the remembrances. And yeah. his connection to Liverpool goes deeper than just the club. He is embodied, he is a, a, a man who loves the city. And if he has an opportunity to go back to the city he loves and go back to the family, his family who had been there, like bear in mind, he's been in China for the last year and a half, earning stupid amounts of money. So he has like been... He's been so kind of like out of the loop in that sense. But if the opportunity is there and he wants to go back to his favourite city and the club is willing to pay him that money for it, then absolutely, it's hand over fist and I do not judge the man for it. All the same, I have absolutely no expectations for Everton this season because I just don't know how they're going to take to him. You know, like yeah. he could be gone in six weeks or he could win the FA Cup with them and they all love him. It could literally go either way with them. And truth be told, like, if Everton only managed 10th with... Ancelotti last season, it literally is a mixed bag with Rafa. You know, it, it could be anything. Um, but truthfully, I'm I, on a personal level, I'm glad to see him back in the Premier League. I'm glad to see him back in Liverpool because I can imagine he is so much happier for it now to be involved. I, I agree with you in the fact that um, the Premier League is better with Benitez in it. Absolutely. I think, I, I do quality. Like, as much as he's a rival team manager and I wouldn't... Um, you know, have the fondness for him that you would. I can see yeah. from an objective point of view that he's a seems like a decent guy, um, mm. and he he did well with a good team, but not a great team at yeah. Liverpool. And maybe that's what his strength is. He can do well with a good team, oh, yeah. and Absolutely, you know, yeah. it, it you know, why is Everton is a common phrase used on this mm. podcast? Because you look up the names on the piece of paper, and you're thinking they should be doing better, but then they go and Everton it. Will he stop that being the phrase? Will he stop that being the Everton way of Everton yeah. it up? Um, so. That's a burning question because Everton have had these kind of delusions for grandeur for several years now at this point. That's why they do spend like crazy money on the likes of Coleman and Ancelotti and the likes as their managers. Rafa, even though, of course, Rafa's going to be very well uh, endowed with money uh, during there, he does add a touch of realism to, to Everton. Like he knows what's required, not just to win a league, but to win competitions, to win cups. Um, 
And that's kind of what Everton needs right now. Like, they have not won anything for nearly 30, 40 years now at this stage. I think the last time they won was the FA Cup in 1992, 93. So yeah, I was two the last time they won anything, which is insane to think. Um, so on their side, they absolutely have to win something, you know, um, just to validate their existence, to be honest. Uh, and I think Rafa's the right man to do that. I think he can, if they listen to him, if they give him the time, if he if they're on board with the message, he can teach them a lot about the football game, the mental side of the football game, to be organized, to be tactical, to be decisive. And I just find it, I find it interesting that he didn't go out and sign big players this season. He bought squad players, players he liked. Yeah. Um, Andros Townsend. He'll do, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll sit down and do a task. Or not sit down, but like set yeah. off and do a task. Yes. Yeah. He's not going to like the world on fire. Yeah. Mm. Like, like Andros Townsend on paper looks like it's such a strange move. But you have to remember when Townsend went to Newcastle initially from Spurs, he was one of their best players on the Rafa. So he has been on the, on the, in the Rafa mode for a while. And Damari Grain coming back to the Premier League is just a bargain. It's two million. Like that, that's he should never have gone for that price. He is so much more expensive than that. And um, so that was just a bargain. And Begovic, a squadron player, no problem. It, it, it's fine. It'll it'll do it'll serve its purpose. Because the Everton side is grand the way it is. They just need a direction. They need to go somewhere with it. Um, yep. so they're interesting. Another interesting one has to be Spurs. Um, obviously yep. ditching Jose Mourinho and going for eventually, it has to be said, for Nuno Santo, who I'm not going to lie. I think he's walked into a bit of a bear pit here. Um, oh, I I think the Amazon missed out on a fucking trick here. They really did. They like, really I think this did. is the season I would love to see the dressing room and spuds. Not that I'd like to see the dressing room and spuds because, like, the bare walls would just drive me mad. But, like, sure. the... <laughs> um, I It's just... I can't see how this is going to be anything other than a shit show. Hmm. Like, and Especially I'm not if necessarily. He was sixth choice manager. If he knows going is... in, he was sixth choice. Like it doesn't. Yeah, count. yeah. Like I um, like I know this is like throwing stones from a glass house. Um, yes. At our North London uh, rivals, but uh, uh, they are. They've always struggled in our shadow, and they see us capitulating, and they're like, "Ha, we can capitulate too." <laughs> and they're literally just going to try and fail harder. And look, the you had presumed before our call that my COD was going to be spud related. Yes. Um, and it isn't, but it was very close to being. It was top of my list up until very recent events changed my mind. Um, mm. But um, yeah, like they're, they're just... Um, the whole Kane thing, having their captain, like he's just trying to do a Robin Van Persie on us. It's very, the similarities are staggering. staggering. Um, yeah, and like that hurt us. And I don't think we recovered from that, I don't know, ever. <laughs> like yeah, that whole kind of, the arguments. Like we haven't had a reliable captain. Um, yeah. uh, like a club captain. Well, maybe sorry. You know, that, that's rude to Koscielny. But then Koscielny down tools and left us. Koscielny um, fucked but, off when he had a chance. Like, let's be fair. Th- that was, he didn't want to work with Emery for another season. And I totally yeah. understand that. <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> and I understood that at the time. Um, yeah. Whereas Kane is, has delusions of grandeur, uh, just like the rest of the Spuds. But he realised mm. his delusions cannot be um, fulfilled at Sp- Spurs. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, this season... Um, it is going to be a race to the bottom of North London for us. 
uh, for us and them. And I think that's going to be the most, like if I could detach myself as an Arsenal supporter from it, I think it's going to be the most entertaining part of the season. The pl- it's gonna like it might be a B storyline to the whole title race, but it's sure. going to be the thing that gets the fans in. <laughs> in fairness, like this, this is the this is the weird part. Like, I mean, in a sense, I do kind of see where Kane is coming from because he knows in terms of winning anything with Spurs, that time has come and gone. Like they were, they 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 finished second, they finished third, they were in the Champions League final, they were in the League Cup final, didn't even go near the FA Cup, and even between two of the best coaches in the world at the time, as it were, with, with Pochettino and then with Mourinho, nothing was happening. Nothing clicked. Um, or at least when they were clicking, it wasn't enough to sustain a, a genuine challenge. Um, so I, I can see where he's coming from because he's probably looking at the likes of Alan Shearer, who obviously has these great records and great emotional like uh, memories for, for playing with Newcastle for so long. But let's face it, he never won a premiership. He never yeah. won an FA Cup. He didn't win an FA Cup. He didn't win this, didn't win that. And Kane doesn't want to be that kind of guy. He doesn't want to be the next year. And I, and I totally respect that. Is Man City the right move for him? Probably not. But who else is buying? Like, Man United are not going to be dipping in for a striker until next season. So is, is Kane really going to hang on another year for a move? Or is he just going to take the first chance he gets? And for me, it's a ladder. Like, if Man City come in with a bid, like, City, obviously Spurs will drain them of their finances, which is quite a yeah. lot. But he'll go. He will take the first opportunity he gets. And uh, in a sense, I don't, I don't like, I don't disrespect him for it because I would too. Like if I knew my team was going that way, and I know even with Nuno as well, like Nuno does to his credit, like hone in on a on a target man quite well, like he has with Jimenez. But the last season with Wolves, even without Jimenez, was a very bad season by Wolves standards. Like very the lack of attacking flair very pragmatic, very negative. Kane can see the right on the wall here and think, I'm, I don't want any part of this. I, I, I want to be somewhere exciting. And I think he could very well open the door for everyone else to leave as well. That's, just, that's, the, that's the part that Levy would be worried about. If Kane goes, who else wants to follow him, you know? Um, and also, like, do they have many people coming into the club? Like, are they say, signed the Gill guy? Brian Hill is an interesting move. Um, like he's a he's an out and out right winger, so in theory he would be a better fit than Lucas Mora in that role. And um, he's very young, so he has a lot of potential. Uh, and I think like again on the right manager, he strikes me as a very Pochettino sign in a weird way. But like Pochettino is well gone. And um, but also um, they also signed like spent crazy money to sign Christian Romero. And um, in fairness, they've been spending super money all season. To be fair. Um, so Christian Romero is in um, kind of a centre-back uh, move it looks like they've nicked uh, Nikola Milinkovic off West Ham which is a bargain so that's good that's actually quite a good move from Spurs and they have backup now in, in goalkeeping in Perluigi Gallini who's the Atalanta goalkeeper so you've signed a, two, a goalkeeper and defender from Atalanta um, and they might have to spend like 30 million to get him permanently which is crazy money I keep like yeah. I know Gallini he's not worth 30 million Um so it's it's a strange one for Spurs. It feels like a rebuild season because they should have done that two years ago and now they're doing it now. So they're yeah. going to be such a weird team to look at. Um, but again, uh, combine them with Arsenal, it's going to be a very interesting year on in North London. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where they're going to go. Um, yeah. I suppose two more to talk about. Like Wolves obviously have replaced Nuno with uh, Bruno Lage, who was a uh, on the books of Benfica for a while. Uh, Brooke, what was your Benfica connection? Can you give us the inside track on uh, on Bruno Lage? 
Benfica were not sad to see him leave. You um, told me this when he was recruited, and I was so fascinated because uh, it's it's completely against the narrative of everyone else talking like, oh, he's an attacking coach. That that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> you need to defend as well. Uh, but okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it, that that's pretty much like um, like I said, I'm not like um as close. Is I don't know if you can hear that. But the, hold on, it's fine. <laughs> Liquid Football Podcast will be back after this commercial break. I want to take this time in the downtime to subscribe to Monday Madness and join some of our wonderful Let's Plays like Runaway 2, where we have no plot to follow. Or maybe you'll enjoy Zone of the Enders 2, where there's no plot to follow. Or maybe you'll enjoy Deadly Premonition, where we drive a crazy pot lady around town in a sports car. All this and more on the Monday Madness channel. And I am back. Sorry. Hey, there that. we go. We've covered for time. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no, uh, my dog got very upset about the Benfica story. Yeah. Um, yeah, like massive fan. Um, no, uh, like that. Um, it wasn't necessarily that uh, Benfica have just been on such a downturn um, yes. that basically what i'm seeing from the fan base is just burn it all to the ground and start again and <laughs> um, so that they yeah i i'm not expecting too much good uh mm. from wolves i actually have them quite low down in my um estimations now i would absolutely love to be proved wrong on this um yeah. but uh yeah i can't i just can't see it happening unfortunately yes um, I suppose the only the only other obviously we're not gonna we've already mentioned the like Norwich and, and Watford and so forth, so we're not gonna touch it on them. But uh, the other um recruitment that I can recall from this league uh, is at Crystal Palace, where old boy uh, was put out the past year and replaced yep. by the young and intrepid Patrick Vieira. Patrick yeah. Vieira. So oh, Burkbot, how do you feel about your favorite player ever? Joining Crystal Palace, how do you feel it's going to go for him? You read him as a manager, I should say. I, I haven't seen too much of him that I would be really excited by. Mm. I really, really um, loved and adored him as a player. Um, I grew up with him, with posters of him on my wall. Um, I don't know if I was to watch him as a manager, I would still have that same love and adoration for him. Um, yes. I would love to see him do well from a nostalgic point of view. I absolutely think he has the brain power. Like, I think Larissa Wenger spoke about his brain, his footballing brain. Yeah. But then you're bringing a footballing brain who has worked and played with some of the best managers and best footballers the world has ever seen. Mm. at a time where they played the nicest football the world has ever seen. I'm thinking back to France 98 and things like that. Um, uh, Will he be able to replicate that work ethic, that, you know... Flair. Flair, exactly, Mm. with Crystal Palace? See, this is the Um, thing. This is the thing, because they have done this before. They tried this with Frank de Boer, and it really fell on its arse. But as we mentioned from the Euros, Frank de Boer... He doesn't know what he's doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, look, I'm not. Um, look, I really want him to do well. I mm. would love to be proven wrong, but I, I'm not expecting too much on his part. 
it's I'm just intrigued. That's the thing. Like I'm just intrigued at how this is going to go because, like, I, I've even looked at the team that Chris Palace done. Chris Palace have had the most movement in this in this in the in the transfer window, and all of it has been departures. The likes of like pretty big earners as well, and um, mostly defense. So Sacco is gone, Tompkins, Dan Cahill, McCarty, and um, uh, Andre Ayew is gone as well. Patrick van Anholt is gone. Like they're pretty much the f- like a good chunk of the first team from last year are out, and they're they're not being resigned as far as I know. Van Anholt's gone to, gone to Turkey, and Sacco's already gone to France. So like they are, they're players that they need to now replace, and they their policy is to replace them with youngsters. Um, so they brought in um, uh, Mark Wehi from uh, from Chelsea, which is a really good deal. I'll be honest, very good deal. Um, and Wacky Anderson from uh, Leon, he was at loan at Fulham. Another really good move. But again, the question is like, um, how is it all going to click together? Because all the t- all the talk out of Palace says that they want to start like using their youth academy a bit more and starting to do this bit of money balling that they yeah. want to do. Now, in fairness. They have a bit of a pedigree with it to obviously selling one Basaka um, and of course Will Zaha was the was, a, was their main kind of produce and now he's kind of stuck there, ironically enough. But in a very weird way, it feels like they want to sign Patrick Vieira and play more open attacking football to appease the likes of Zaha and the like. Your kind of flair players is keep them there, if that makes uh, sense. Is it Twan Zabi? Is he Twan Zabi has gone right? to Villa? Um Oh, shit. Who am I thinking? Who am I thinking of? Tariq Mitchell. Uh, no. Um. They have. As a. As Easy. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Um, yeah. Sorry, we're getting them mixed up. Um. He was a superb player. Now I know he's injured, but like, mm. if if they are looking for open attacking play, then he's a really good. Um. Like. He's a great option. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, just, just watching does come back, he can he can be pretty good like so yeah yeah like hopefully the injury hasn't done uh too much of a toll on like his speed and stuff because that was what really frightened me watching arsenal play them so yeah mm, yes uh very much so so again again interesting times that clubs like there's a lot of like teams in a bit of flux which is um which is kind of making the uh the the relegation battle a bit more intriguing to me um speaking of Let's let's get into it. Let's let's start. Um, let's look into our crystal football and see who we think is going to happen. So, um, this is just for me and you, Burke, Bob, But we can. Uh, I have a, a beautiful spreadsheet um, for the occasion. Ooh, so, such a fancy spreadsheet! I know. Look at all the colors. It's beautiful. Um, so the way it's going to work is uh, we're just going to predict the table from uh, from bottom to top and see how it gets on. So, uh, Burke, Bob, would you like to go first? Uh, from bottom to top. Yes. Uh, I'm going to look so fucking stupid with this, but I have in bottom place the current top of the table, Brentford. Oh, oh, Lord. Oh, oh, oh. oh that is a hot take already starting off. Um, and that was purely because when I was making this, I did not know enough about them. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, just. There's a chance to get to, you can change your mind now. They're not necessarily locked in. Until we finish talking about them. Uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Give me two seconds, and I'm going to swap them up to first place. And Man City <laughs> are getting relegated. <laughs> That's not how it works. But thanks for playing. <laughs> no, okay. I'll swap them with Norwich. Okay, so you're gonna go I'll with swap- Norwich, Bob. Okay. Yeah. 
the North Bottom. Um, so who else is getting relegated in your opinion? Uh, Burnley. Sorry, in 19th I have Watford. Watford, okay. Um, and in 18th I have Burnley. And Burnley. Okay, so, so then let's let, take us through the mid-table then. Who's in the relegation scrap for you? Uh, I have Brentford mm-hmm. in 17th. Yeah. Wolves, 16th. Yeah. Crystal Palace, 15th. Okay. I think that's the kind of usual suspects there, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm do- being too outlandish with that. Mm. Um, I got Then I have Brighton in 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southampton in 13th. And I was toying with Brighton and Southampton. They were kind of the ones I was worried about. But, like, they're just so boring. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, like, I can't make them make an exciting... I can't see them making exciting transfers yeah. between now and the end of the transfer window. That would get me hyped for them to move up the table. Because I think they're one or, they're, those are clubs that are one or two signings away from being exciting. Yeah, I get you, man. I get what you mean. Um, in 12th, I have Newcastle. Joe yes. Willock's Newcastle. Like I said, with, with the Willock signing, that, that really bumps them up a little bit to the league. And like the one part, the one squad that kind of doesn't want to hear that is the Newcastle fans, because that means that Bruce gets to stay on. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> so, true. So yeah. Uh, Eleven, I have Spuds. Mm. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Into the top half of the table, then. Mm-hmm. West Ham. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think they can go on a run that they did last year. Um, I no, was shocked. No, the Europa League can play either. Yeah, I just think they're going to have too much on their plate. Um, I, and again, me talking absolute bollocks, but uh, yeah, I do think they're just going to oh. have too much on their plate. Um, I don't think Moyes, it, uh, Moyes is too singular minded to be able to do more than focus on one thing. That's fair. Um, then I have Leeds in ninth. Okay. Everton in eighth, because I just like that. I'm very much on the same point of view of you, Jonathan, saying that Benitez could either do brilliant things with this team or shit with this team. Um, Either way, I don't see them challenging for top six. Fair enough. Uh, Then into the challenge for top six, we're into seventh place and I have Arsenal. All right. Missing out yet again. We might get into the conference league. Not necessarily, yeah, I was about to say, Burke, but you've got the Europa Conference League to look forward to next season. So, you know, strap <laughs> yourself in, lads. We're also all uh, Look out, Bohemians. Uh, Aston <laughs> Villa, sixth. Yeah. Um, purely because I like the idea of uh, Ings and uh, Buendia. Just those two signings alone. They're, like, they're those two exciting signings um, mm. that can work for them. Uh, fifth, I have United. Okay. Fourth, I have Leicester. Leicester for fourth, yeah. Liverpool third. Mm-hmm. Chelsea second. And Man City first, which mirrors my FAWSL table as well. Those top Yes, two. which we, we, we'll be talking about momentarily. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, to be fair, Bert, but you're not too far away from my league table, shockingly enough. Ooh, um, <laughs> for so once. I, I, I will, I will, um, I will throw my two, te- two cents in here as well. So I, th- I have Watford to go down, and I've been fucking go down. 
Like, I do not rate this Watford team at all. Like, I think it's it's actually so much worse than the team that got relegated <laughs> the first time. Yeah, um, they're, they're, I, I reckon they're going to crash and burn. <laughs> oh, oh my God, oh! he's escaped from the void of parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations are in order, Mr. Neil. Yeah. Um, you have signed a new player to your team. I haven't um, did, yes. I've signed a, uh, a brand new budding centre forward. Yes. Uh, what, has, he, has he got a squad number yet? Has he? Um, has he signed his contract? Has he been registered he a... in terms in in time for tonight's match? Yeah, uh, well, he's going to be registered at like three fifths or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Seven pounds, twelve ounces. Yeah. Nine, not... nine, nine pounds and one actually. There you go. Shirt number number nine. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> nine point one. Yeah. Nine point one. So, so yeah, I, I've got I've got Watford going down. I've also got Norris going down. They'll, they'll be okay, but they're still going down, in my opinion. Um, so are Burnley. I agree with you with Burnley. I think this could be the year they crack. Um, they were promised a lot of recruitment from the new owners. It hasn't happened. They've signed one Irishman, which I think is presumably like a mandatory rule for Sean Dyche. But uh, but that's about it. Um, I think Crystal Palace are just about going to survive. Um, I don't see the rebuild working as well as they want, but I still think they're going to survive either way. Southampton, I think, are the same. Um, they're going to flirt with relegation a lot this season, and I think it might have to might need a new manager to save them. Um, Brighton, I don't, I kind of see as a bit of the stoke of this league now, but just doing enough to survive. Um, so I have them down there. I have Brentford are comfortable 14th. I think they're going to be a really good team to watch this season. Um, and like I said, with a bit more experience, I think they'll just do a lot better. Newcastle, I'm going to have 13th. Uh, again, I think they're out of harm's way, to be honest. And again, Newcastle fans will not want me to say that because that means they have to have more of the same. But the squad is good. The squad is genuinely good. And they're, they're better coach than they were last season with with, um, with Graham Jones uh, basically forwarding the attack. So uh, I think they'll be good. I also think Wolves are going to be low-key good as well. And this is the one thing we are kind of different on, Burke, but... Um, yeah. I think what Wolves just needed was a different approach. Are you sure she hasn't just mixed them up again? Oh, no, no. She has Watford no, no, and Wolves bullshit. Okay, the bullshit Neil, you weren't, he- you weren't here for this, <laughs> but I actually did up a table, which was two teams short. Nice. Uh, one of which was Watford, the other one was Leeds. Um, <laughs> so I well, remember... Well, they in there as well. Fucking hell, we'll be here all night. <laughs> um... It, but yeah, on that, like I would love to see Wolves do well because I do want the Benfica element of you know, of the club to progress well. Um, yes. But I just, I, I, I'm just too pessimistic. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. And um, one thing we also agree on, Bergbot, is Spurs being a second half side. I, I have to yeah, and um, I was hoping this would be a hot take, but I clearly isn't. And. Um, yeah, I think they're just going to be a fucking dumpster fire this season. And not Ooh. Nuno's fault necessarily. I think it's just everything outside around the club is going to be bad. It's a, it's a, it's a rebuild season for them. Uh, I also have West Ham 10th. Uh, again, same kind of things we're talking about. The uh, Europa League kind of hindering them. And the lack of Lingard. Like, if they don't resign, if they can't get Lingard, I think this team is very, very different to, to what we saw. He adds a lot to that squad, you know? And um, I think they're going to miss him a lot unless they, they, get, they get a cheeky bid in. Which, by the um, way, says a lot less about the current West Ham team of Rafael Lingard. Is very like true. Linchpin. But that's the thing. He was such a he was such a free a great addition to their midfield. Like he actually worked wonders for them. And um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, hot take coming. I have Ooh. a ninth place Arsenal. Oh, okay. I not that much of a hot take. 
Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> considering considering the game we're having at the moment, yeah, that's actually quite conservative from my standards. Yeah. Um, uh, I do have Everton finishing in eighth as well. Um, I think this is just a season for Rafa to steady things and um, kind of get his message across and maybe go for a cup run, um, which we'll talk about later. Uh, I have Leeds seventh. I think Leeds are going into Europe, uh, Conference League, but that's the same, right? Um, and I also have Aston Villa comfortably sixth as well. Uh, just missing out, I'm going to have Leicester City. Um, again, Europa League could have a hindrance. I think Leicester could really push for the Europa League this season if they wanted to. I think they're a bit unfortunate last time out, but I think they could really do it this season, um, especially with the side they have. I have Man United finishing fourth. I think, um, again, I think the, the top four are going to be far away from the rest of the league. I think they're in their own little mini league myself. Um, I'm also going to agree with you that Liverpool will be third. Um, but I am going to disagree with you in saying that I think Man City are going to be second. Oh. I think Chelsea are first. And I'll tell you why. Obviously, Lukaku is a big deal. But in a head-to-head, <laughs> Man City are living, are, Chelsea are living rent-free in Man City's head here. They've been beaten three times since Tuchel's taken over. And whatever system Chelsea have right now really fucking works against Man City. Like, there's no debate about it. Now, I think, obviously, having the new toys in the box like Grealish and Lukaku will change things. But I think Chelsea could, should win it this season. That's the key word there, should. Because they've spent rake loads of money on this side and they should win something as well. They've won the Champions League, double it up with the, with the domestic title as well. And, and the Super again, Cup. And the Super Cup, of course, yes. Now, granted, I'm sure people are screaming and be going, but what about the Club World Cup, Jonathan? What about that? It's in Tokyo. Yeah, they've got 50 players. Just send out the fucking loan farm to Tokyo. doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I think Chelsea going to win there. Um, Neil, you parachuted in from the void of parenthood. Do you have yes, a new table for us? Um, right. So, this is going to be pretty-ish quick. Um, yeah, I agree with you on Watford and Norwich going down. Um, to be honest with you, it's a fucking coin toss as to which one of them is rooted to the bottom and which one is 19th. I honestly think it'll be goal difference. Like, massive negative goal difference. <laughs> Separating <laughs> which one of them. That's totally fair. Um, I have Southampton going down. Oh, Ooh, there we go. Yeah. There's our hot take. Yeah, I think, they're, I think they're going to get... I think they've been pillaged. I don't think they're going to come back. I don't think it's going to work. Interesting. Okay. That's Very fair. interesting. I can see your point. Uh, yeah, Burnley scraping 17th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they haven't had a good start to the season and they won't. Um, 16th, I have 16th, I have Newcastle. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Brighton above them. Yeah. I think Brighton are just going to just chug along fairly middling of the road. Chug along, yeah. Um, I have, should, yeah, I have Crystal Palace at 14th. Yeah, I think the youth revolution under Vieira, it's not going to work as well as everybody thinks, but I actually think they're going to be pretty good. That's going to be a young ass hungry team. Very much so. And I yeah. think um, they're going to succeed by just mopping up points from all the players on the teams underneath them. I I, read, mm. I I see that Palace team beating every one of those teams underneath them twice. Kind of outworking them in a sense. Yeah, except for maybe Newcastle. You know, yeah. Willock might do something. Um, slip in uh, Wolves there 13th mm-hmm. um, just I don't think they've done a whole lot like to improve that team that team's yeah. just not clicking um, yeah um, shit what else goes there 12th <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just trying to see now who who's here because I'm, I'm I'm not really I'm not making this up as I go along. I do I no, it doesn't. It doesn't come across Neil at all. You're doing well. Yeah, <laughs> brief tape there. You just have spores in elevens. Jesus, that's you. that's mad. I like that. Isn't it mad? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It has a nice ring to it. It feels good. Joe has a better ring to it. Spurs and 12. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, I'll go with that. That's, no, if the shoes fit, I'll go with Spurs and 12. Because I've heard, I think I've read like an article there about Nuno just basically being a worse Jose. Oh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay. This is going to go well. I'll go with that. Particularly if they lose Kane. I actually think they'll, I'll be honest Joe, I think they'll finish 11 or 12 even if they keep Kane. I, I, yeah, I think came with down tools, so I, I can't see your point there. Regardless, they're they're second half side. Um, um, go West Ham there um, on eleventh. Okay. Think a whole, don't think they've done a whole lot there. I reckon Brentford will hit tenth. I reckon that team's gonna kill it. I reckon. I, I hope so. Kill it. I really Is that just so. based on the fact that they're beating us? Um, not well. It's it's how they're beating us. I mean, they're yeah. pressing. They're pressing up to the fucking goal line, like you know. Leno's not had this much attention in quite a fucking long while. White is just about barely dealing with it. Marty is doing quite well. But, like, fucking... Ah. Tierney's been kept out of this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, ninth deal. Who do you have um, ninth? Nine. I reckon Everton. Okay. Particularly, um, seeing as how they're probably going to lose to Southampton because they've had Are to we? isolate five of their team. Yeah, harsh, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, in the opening game, so they're probably. Gonna... I, th- I think Rafa might get Jimmy Troyori out of mothballs just for that match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, pretty much that. Yeah, uh, I'll go with Villa in eighth. Really? I think no, no, no. They've made good signings. They've had yeah. that's a good thing. That just needs a season to gel. Um, okay. I think your man, it, it's Bailey, Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think he really he might flatter to deceive this season, but I think he'll kick on. Mm. Okay. Okay. Signed, yeah, they've signed a multi-five-year contracts. They'll need a season to bet in. You can't wholesale change a team like that and make it work. It's not going to do that. No, fair point. Very fair point. Um, they'll, they'll finish higher than that next season. They definitely yeah. will. Um, Arsenal, I, I've Arsenal in seventh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, missing somebody. Leeds. Put Leeds in sixth. Six, I, I think Leeds are going to kill it. I think Leeds yeah. in the Europa, man. Uh, particularly yeah, with um, Bielsa signing the new one-year contract, mm. he's yeah, he, he's gonna he's gonna kick that team on something fierce by something mm-hmm. fierce. Leicester in fifth. Leicester fifth, yeah. And then my fourth is going to be Liverpool. Yeah, mm. that's okay. I'm alright with that. Alright, I can live with that. Um, shit, Chelsea. Sorry, Chelsea in third. Chelsea third. Now that is interesting. I have Manchester United in second and City winning it. Right. Okay. I think, so I think the the two additions to United of Varane and Sancho are really gonna kill it. Varane, I, I was I was talking about that, yeah. Varane yeah, is gonna I be a Varane's gonna shore up a lot there and Sancho might not hit the ground running. But I reckon by Christmas he's going to be fucking pouring all. I, I feel like Sancho hitting the ground jogging is still ten times better than anything <laughs> yeah. in that Manchester United squad. Oh, at the very minute, fair so. points. Very fair points. You're not better than that. You're not better than that. Pogba sack of shit. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 you literally just stole my point there, Neil. Like uh, the reason I have them in fourth is that I think that the team is missing one piece of the puzzle, and it's the number six. 
Yeah. They recruited number six next season or even before the end of the end of the year, end of the summer, then that team is, is golden. That team is good. Um, I don't know who that six could be. It probably would be someone like Rice. Um, I think it'd be more of a Calvin Phillips type. I think he's the kind of player you'd want in that team to break up play. Or even Ward Prowse, to be honest. I'm surprised they haven't gone in for him. Um, uh, I think Ward Prowse is, I think they consider Ward Prowse to be too much of kind of a one trick kind of sort of power. Yeah, like a run, yeah, run, yeah, runs around yeah. runs around quite a lot like he's a fucking cyborg. Yes. Never get never gets fucking injured. Um but doesn't really contribute a lot unless the ball's stock still. Fair point, yeah. No, I don't <laughs> um, that may be an unfair yeah. assessment, but I think that's their assessment if you get assessment, it. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, and yeah, that, that's our league tables as it stands, lads. So um, again, we were fucking way off last season, so I can't wait to be proven wrong again. Yeah, um, I can't <laughs> wait to see how wrong I am again. Aston Villa win the league, lads. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I thought this season we'd throw in some interesting stuff as well. So um, I want us to, to, again, rub the crystal football, see what it gives us. Um, I want, to, want us to predict three transfers that's going to happen before the end of the month. So I'll go on around. Uh, I'll start off to give us an example. And um, I was talking about Les earlier on, and I think it should happen. I think Lingard should go to West Ham. I think West Ham are a perfect fit for him. I think Lingard's a perfect fit for them. Moisey adores Jesse Lingard, and it's the same as well with him. I think it's a perfect match made in heaven. I think he should do it. Um, any other takers? Uh, Neil, I know you had a few for Arsenal. Oh, yeah, sorry. So these transfers we think will happen or that we want to happen? We think will happen. All right, then. <laughs> Um, I know yours one you want to happen. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, particular, one major one, uh, yes. just transfer out of Arsenal. Mm. Um, one thing I think will happen, I think City will sign Kane. Right then. Mm. Interesting. Oh. Is it uh, cheating if I say Newcastle are going to take Willock? <laughs> Very much so, yes. yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but when you asked this question, was earlier on in the week and that was what I went with but now it has since come to pass it's, that it's it has much... since happened so yeah um, I guess you could have I don't know <laughs> um, right okay I'm gonna say uh, I don't I'm gonna say we're gonna go for Odegaard nice okay that's that's a fair that's a fair um, guess I think, I think funnily enough funnily enough that's actually my second one yeah well, we'll I, I, th- well. I think that's gonna happen as well yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you don't sell Willock unless you have a plan to replace it. And I think that's uh, that's going to be Odegaard for me. Um, uh, let's see. Um, do I have any other ones I want to throw in here? I actually do have one, to be fair. Um, uh, again, I have spoken several times with how much I have adored Nat Phillips, but I think it's time for him to move on the pastures new. I want to see his giant mallet head at the most fun club I could think of. And... Um, I think he would be a really good fit for Newcastle. Um, I don't know what it is. Like I can just picture him in a Newcastle jersey. They don't need him. But I think that when, whenever Nat Phillips goes, the team is going to be just so much more fun because literally the ball will just hit his head like a magnet. And uh, I just really wanted to see him do well because I think he's, he's, he's low-key quite good as a defender. Doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, and yeah, I think he'll just, be, he'll just go there and be a cult hero for somebody. Um, although in fairness, he's more likely to go to somewhere like fucking Southampton or Burnley or Brighton, and it just won't it won't hit the same way, lads. You know what I mean? I want it to be fun. So, um, so yeah. How about you guys? Um, have, Neil, you have one slot free. Bert, boy, you have two. Have you got any uh, anything floating around your heads there that you want to throw in there? 
I really, I can't predict what's going to happen because it all seems such bullshit. But knowing how upset I would be if it does happen, I'm going to say Arsenal sign Ramsdale. Oh, <laughs> that one's going to hurt. That Funny one enough, is my, my, hurt. Th- my second one, my third one, second one, Jesus, this gin is stronger than I thought. Um, mm. My second one, I think, my second, Jesus. My, my third one, I think, is going to be Neto to Arsenal. I think yes. I think that's more real- realistic because he's actively going for sale. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so me and, me and Burpa have one still going. Um, hmm. I really, I really want to go for an outlandish one. I really, really do. So I'm thinking, like, I'm working on the assumption here that Kane is going to Man City, right? Yeah. I'm working on that assumption. Um, and... I'm thinking as well that like Spurs will have this notion that they need to replace him with someone good. They're gonna do they're gonna do something like a bail and uh, and sign the likes of like Soldado and so forth. And I just feel whoever's gonna jump into that slot is gonna have a terrible, terrible time. And um, so this is gonna be crazy. This is a pure FIFA transfer, but I think a match made in heaven will be Spurs signing Antoine Griezmann. <laughs> oh my good god. Now, picture it for me. You can see the pomp and ceremony, deadline day, Spurs sign Griezmann, and he doesn't do anything. He's just <laughs> fucking dead on arrival. <laughs> In all fairness, I was I thought you were going to say they sound uh, Laterno Martinez. I, Martinez is my second is my actual genuine choice, but I just find the idea <laughs> like doing this in a Spurs jersey. I'm, I'm just going to ignore. I'm just going to ignore all the reports that they're going to swap him for Saul Niguez. <laughs> Uh, ignore also the fact that there's no way in hell Spurs is going to pay him 40 million a year just what he's on yeah, <laughs> I, know, yeah. I, I, I want to live in the, my delusional head Neil I want <laughs> I want Griezmann to be working for the 11th place team in England like that's you can't take that away from me <laughs> well done well done Jonathan I think there's a job on the uh, on the Arsenal on the Barcelona on the board line. on the Barcelona board for you I was thinking more lad Bible myself. They seem to be more accurate with their <laughs> stories. But um so Barcelona, they they could they could do with a bit of a injection of reality. <laughs> Very true. Um Burtbot, the last transfer goes to you. Um do you have a hat trick of Arsenal transfers for you? I do. Um, but I gotta switch tactic as I <laughs> tend to, and I'm gonna say Arsenal women. Oh, that's smart. Is somebody uh, still smarting over us sending out Lisa Evans on loan? I am actually oh. human. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually, I, I, I do understand the logic to it, but I was so excited to see Viv Niedema, Lisa Evans and Iwabuchi combine like they did in Bayern. Um, mm. Because um, just watching highlight clips of uh, their time there is just like unbelievable. And I was so looking forward to that. But she had such an injury riddled season last year. I yeah, think she only started that, like four games, didn't she? Or something. Yeah, done. like she had a reoccurring ankle issue. And I can imagine she's looking at the signings that have been made by Arsenal this summer. And I've has kind of said, I'm probably not going to get the game time. I need to get foot back to full fitness. Yeah. So I think her going to West Ham is she's guaranteed the game time there because West Ham on the right side of the forward have lost a few players. Alicia Lehman uh, has gone. Uh, she's gone to Villa and Arsenal, uh, or and Lisa Evans can slot into there. And they've also lost Kieran in the attack and Lisa Evans can... Yeah. 
go up there. Uh, but I am going to say um, that we are also going to uh, get a midfielder in before mm-hmm. the end of the summer. I do not have a name because I just checked two names I was hoping might be on the move this summer. Um, and they are not, uh, they, they've either gone to other clubs or they are very close to announcing they're going to other clubs. Um, so I'm going to say because of Jordan Nobbs' injury, we're going to get a number eight. And I'm what not sure where that's going to be. Cool here. Um, go, go for it. I don't know if she's available because I know she's still technically on loan, but Denise O'Sullivan. I don't think um, she is too much of a, an important player. I would absolutely love that, by the way. But mm. it's not. And NC Courage are um, way too reliant on her as a player. I'm going to throw it out there, okay. even though I've just said that about Denise O'Sullivan. Oh. Um, Julie Ertz. <laughs> Ooh. The top queen. I would love Julie Ertz at Arsenal. Even though she didn't have the best, like she's kind of coming back from injury herself. She might, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. She might just be a bit discontented with her injury and not winning gold at the Olympics. And she might just be looking for a new change. And, you know, look, we're missing a, a creative midfielder, holding midfielder uh, with uh, Malangut out with an ACL and Jordan Nobbs after doing lig- ligament damage to her ankle. So, yeah, we're lighting that area already going into the season. So someone of her ilk would be fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, no, I was looking at like I would have loved Engen, um, because yeah. she was on the move, but she's after signing for Barca. So um yeah, no, I, I, obviously that was would have been my first kind of choice because I think she's a real Arsenal-esque player. Mm, interesting. Um, so again, uh, another little category we're going to throw in here is uh, a team that we think are going to go on a cup run. So I, I kept this nice and broad. So not necessarily FA Cup, not necessarily League Cup. I, you can throw in the Europa League here as well if you want, or indeed Champions League. Um, so I want to earmark one team we think can challenge for the cup this season. Brentford. Brentford, interesting. Yep. Interesting. I um, think they're stupid high-pressing ridiculous in-your-face attitude is going to get them far in a cup because they just won't get found out in a cup. Like it's For one-offs, it's a great way to play. Yeah, um, yeah. fair point. Uh, as Liverpool have shown like at, for years, really. Uh, I'm going to go to the opposite, Neil. I don't know why I'm pointing at you, but I'm going to go to the opposite to what you're doing. Uh, and I'm going to say Everton because I think they're pragmatic. That's side. true. The, the opposite of a hard-working, solid team with a absolute brilliant plan and a really fantastic coach is yeah is Everton (laughs) (laughs) they they are absolutely the opposite of everything Redford are (laughs) yes no I I genuinely believe that because I think again we were talking before you came in about how what our African bring to Everton and I think it's just that that mental edge that they were kind of lacking a little bit and again surprisingly Carlo didn't get that instilled in them but I think they did the one thing Raph is going to bring to Everton is banter. Oh, he's going to bring banter. I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not discounting that. But I think on paper, like the reason why they probably signed him was because no one else would take it. But I think I, I think Everton can go on a cup run if they listen to Rafa. And that's genuinely my opinion. Uh, Burkwatt, have you got a cup run in mind for somebody? Uh, Leeds. 
Oh, good shout. I'd love to see Leeds. That's actually a very good shout. Um, I'd love to do I'd love to see it. I really was. Um, interesting. Actually, fair play to Brentford, by the way, for applauding. Saka just got subbed on. I saw that, yeah. yeah. They all gave him an applause for it. So fair play to them. That, that's yeah. great. Um, okay, Brentford are, lo- are, Brentford are just nice. They're just a nice club. Save the bees. Um, so again, here's the here's another hot take generator, lads. The last one we're gonna they're gonna do. Who's the first manager to be sacked in the league? Arteta. Oh, there it is. There it is. Funnily enough, if uh, Arsenal are struggling come Christmas, like if we're sitting around nine and tenth, oof. Um, yeah, that's probably true, but I don't think we will. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, good on you, Martinelli, near post header. Good one. Um, I'm going to go with Steve Bruce. You said this in our in our notes. Um, I'm intrigued by your logic of Steve Bruce. I do. I just don't think Newcastle are going to do it. I'm like, they're going to sign Willock hopefully for goals. Mm. Uh, but the thing is, that they need the rest of a team. <laughs> so, yeah. no, they, they've no really, they've really nobody kind of behind him. Both the long mm. staffs are probably gone. Um. Shawnee and Matty. Uh, yeah. so I, I just saw it. And also, like, the toxicity around Newcastle is just getting to a fever pit. Like, it's boiling over, you know? Mm, that's fair. That like, there's fair. only so much eye of Newt you can throw into the cauldron before even the witches go, ah, here, lads, take the piss. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I genuinely think that is. Like, they just want rid of Bruce, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, I'm also going to throw a different gaffer into the name here. Again, I was thinking Patrick Vieira. I was thinking the Watford boss. I'm not going to say the Watford boss because that's obviously going to happen. It's really Del Vieira gets sacked unless he goes full De Boer. That's, this is the thing. I think it, that, that project is on a knife edge, but I think Vieira might have a better shout-out. What I am going to say, though, I think this is nailed on, at least if not first. Some point in the season, I think Nuno was gone um, from Spurs. I think... Like, literally, the project could go sour really fucking quickly. They got a tough start to the season, conference league as well. Like, that team is going to be stressed out. <laughs> so, I don't see Nino doing well. And um, especially, again, we mentioned already six choice, like, coach. No, it, it's not going to happen for him. So, uh, yeah, that's our Actually, more than six choice, um, because, like, I turned that job down again. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, interesting. Yeah. But to be fair, I got a very polite emailed back from them as well that I wouldn't make it to interview because I was a woman. You were a woman, yeah, exactly. A woman and you had, um, you, you were going to like drown yourself in the cheese uh, fountain. So that's why they had to yeah. shoot it down. So. Um, so, soak me and eat up. <laughs> so before we get into the uh, Hand the Cards wrap up our show, uh, Burkbot, talk to yeah, us about yeah. the women. What's been happening with the women? Uh, lots, lots on the transfer window front. Uh, our season is starting just um, uh, two weeks from now. Um, Arsenal's season uh, is starting as of next week with Champions League football. And uh, we are... Uh, it's hotting up to be a really, really intense season. Um, I think the teams around us oh, haven't, done, haven't done too much. You'll, you'll make to, another one watch. Mm. Um. The other teams around us haven't done too much uh, in terms of new recruitment, but because their squads are quite good anyway, they didn't need to. But I think yeah. where we've done well is we have bought and signed very well. So I think Arsenal do really have a chance for like if we can the get Yerbuchi this new signing is fantastic. I have to say that. Like Great I am, so, like I am buzzing for that. Um, mm. 
the Jonas Eidval is, is the new coach. Um, he um, had, kind of took me by surprise, was kind of out of left field, um, but is um, from what I have read about and what I have done some amount of research on, he seems to be really exciting as a coach. And it's got to be different from Joe Montemuro because um, he has a very, very more direct style, a more pressing style. And we saw they only had two matches for preseason, uh, mm. both at uh, the big men's stadiums. And uh, it was very evident that it's very like we're used to kind of scoring really fast flowing um, pass and move goals. Uh, mm. Whereas this was just like press, press, put them under pressure. Um, like Jack Charlton would have jizzed himself. <laughs> uh, like the press was really good, uh, putting uh, players under pressure and scoring kind of like pot shots for some of them. But no, it was really good, uh, kind of encouraging to see because that's somewhere where we have lacked uh, in the past seasons. Um, but if you want, I can do a quick rundown of what I predict as the league table um, yeah, as right, things yeah. stand because I've done a kind of a... a a transfer for each club that is one to kind of watch out for. Okay. So um, just start off, I think City are going to do it this year. Um, And the reason for that is Chelsea have a lot and they've done a lot, but they're going to have a lot on their plate as well. They are going to be pushing to go one better this year and win the Champions League. I was thinking Um, they'd want to do that themselves. Because I think think the idea of them being like double Champions League winners was really romantic to them. And I don't think they're happy that that they kind of fucked it up. And I feel like they might now sacrifice a couple of um, games in the league in order to progress and get the Champions League. So I, that, that again, this is just me predicting. I'm, I don't have any kind of stats to back me up on this. And um, their signings that they've made, uh, you've got Nuven and probably Nuven, uh, I don't oh. know how to pronounce her name, and Lauren James. And I think Lauren James is going to be the exciting one there um, because she's joining her brother. She's kind of gone back to her home club, even though she was, came through the Arsenal Academy. Um, mm. But like she is a Chelsea supporter. And so I think that's a nice thing. And she's a really yeah. exciting player. And um, yeah, if she, when she gets a few games, I think, you know, she can do, you know, she can do well from Man City's big sign in the summer. And the reason why I think they're going to pip Chelsea to the first, to the post um, for first. Losada! Losada. Um, I'm looking, I love... so looking forward to seeing her. <gasps> Ooh. Um, Captain Xhaka blasting over. Um, Losada is uh, just a, such a classy player. Like she is what kept Barcelona ticking over. Her replacement is Engen. Mm. And as soon as I saw the Losada, I had hoped we might get Engen. And then as soon as I saw Losada leaving Barca, I was like, there's no way she's going to turn down that because that's such a gaping hole in the Barcelona team. Um, she's gone to Man City to continue winning trophies. And I don't think she's going to let them not win a trophy. So I think they're going to push for the league. <laughs> she, um, she wouldn't allow it. She wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal, like I said, we've made some really good signings uh, so far. I do think there is another one on the cards. Just with Jordan's injury, I can't imagine they're going to be happy going into the midfield two players down already. Actually, yeah. speak, um, speaking that you started off with City there, um, their signing from Arsenal Weekends is a, quite a bad one for us. Oh, yeah, Ruby Mace. <laughs> Ruby Mace, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that, so that hurt. That's smart. Um, she's an academy kid, a huge mm. prospect, had a couple of games with us. 
um, and then went to Birmingham on loan. Despite being an attacking midfielder for us uh, through our academy and through, like, you know, in her forays into first team, she was placed at centre back and right back for Birmingham and left back, I think, for a few minutes as well. Uh, and was absolutely fucking busted, scored two goals for them and kept them up from relegation. So, like, yeah, Man City have got a good one on their hands there, but I do think Lasada is going to be the defining factor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But what do you make of the uh, Nikita Power signing? Because I found that very intriguing because, like, she is kind of like the, I'm loving it. the partnership to form Medina, isn't she? I, yeah. Um, I also think, like, uh, Tim Stillman has also echoed my opinion on this. <laughs> and I'm going to say I thought of it first because as soon as I saw Paris being signed, I was like, she is being brought in to bridge the gap after we sell Viv next year. Mm. Uh, I don't mean sell because we're not going to make money off Viv because she's just going to run out of her contract. I don't think she's ah, going to sign again. Um, but uh, I forgot, not, not that I forgot, but I don't, I, I just see Paris as a Viv replacement. So I'm not too fussed. I, I think she's a brilliant player. And I think the partnership that they could create together is going to be amazing to watch. But like I said, I am buzzing for Iwabuchi. I think she is mm. our key signing this season. We're missing, we're selling on Jill Rude. We made money on Jill Rude. Uh, those of you who, anyone who's listened to this podcast and you lads will know, Jill Rude wrecked my fucking head. Um, <laughs> she, like, she was so, she's like Nicholas Pepe, but without the threat. And yeah. I know that's ridiculous to say uh, about a player who scored two hat-tricks in a row in the season, but like... For fuck's sake. Oh, no. Um... Uh, yeah, no, she, her replacement then is Iwabuchi, and then we also sold DVD, or she ran out her contract and went to Leon, and I don't blame her, like, you know, she's gone to win trophies at the Champions yeah. League, she's at the end of her, well, she's not at the end, but she's kind of tapering towards the end of her career, and she's looking at that midfield that she's competing with, and I think she can get games in Leon. and, um, oh, fuck, I just see that goal now, Neil. Um, Here it comes, yeah, from my side. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's really that's awful. Jesus Christ. Um, but right, on a happier note, uh, Freedom Manum is a fucking boss signing that we've made. Yeah. Um, mm. She is press. Um, she's really, really good against the press and for the press. And I think she's going to be really, really good at linking up that midfield. So as a direct replacement for DVD, I think Manum is going to be fantastic. Um, we've got to look at our midfield. Like I said, we've got Little, who is absolute captain, fantastic. Little, amazing player. Um, if we can keep her injury free and ticking over, we're going to be fine. Jordan Nobbs, the injury to her is just kind of scuppered a lot of our plans, I think, this season. Um, yeah. Going into um, outside of the Champions League spots, I have Everton. They have made so, a lot of signings this year, and I think a lot of those signings are going to do absolutely fantastic. Um, they signed Leonie Meyer from us to shore up their kind of uh, defence. They've got a really good goalkeeper, Stanley McIver, and they've got a good backup keeper in Courtney Brosnan, who they've just signed. And they've made a, an unusual signing of uh, Gaiali from Italy. Um, she's a really good player. Um, I've watched a few of the Italian league games since Louis, uh, oh, yeah. Louis yeah. Quinn. Juve, yeah. I, she, yeah. I was a big fan of hers in the World Cup. I'm surprised that yeah. she never um, So I think like they have Govan as well from previous seasons. Mm. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. They are really, really pushing to get back up into Champions League and stuff. Um, fifth place, 
Uh, I it was toss up, but I I'm going with Reading in fifth place for this. Um, they signed Canadian player Deanne Rose, who had a fantastic Olympics, and she was like literally the one I was like, who is she? Like who? Like you know, she played the NWSL. Interesting player, but like in the Olympics, she really shone. She's a really creative midfielder, um, really tenacious. So I think she's going to be good for Reading. Um, they made a couple of other signings, but I think she's the key one for this season. Mm. Um, Man United have been in free fall, but yeah. I think the quality that they have managed to keep, uh, I don't know. So I was a toss up between sixth and seventh for them, and I'm going to go with them in seventh and Spurs, Nick in sixth. Um, and they. Man United's key signing, Aoife Mannion, is kind of going to be key there for her. Mm. Like, if she can get a good season under her belt after coming back from her ACL injury, I think Man United have a chance of getting that sixth position. But at the minute, I don't think it's going to happen. They've just signed uh, Mark Skinner as their coach. Um, going to be a good coach, but there's not enough players coming in for me to get too excited about them just yet. Yeah. Um, Spurs are doing a complete and utter rebuild, having released 11 players. Um, at the start of this transfer window, they are slowly building up their squad again, but their recent signing of Kaya Simon is um, really, really interesting. She was playing for Australia in the Olympics, and again, it was one of those kind of things where she's a player that plays in a league that I don't follow too much or enough of to have too much of an opinion on. Um, but yeah, no, she's an interesting player, and that's one to look out for for Spurs. Mm. Eighth place, I have Brighton. Uh, their key signing being Danielle Carter. I um, would actually disagree with you. I think Baba Jibe is yeah. I think, like, but Baba Jibe is, has, I, I don't know what's been going on with her at Liverpool, but I think it has something to do with the fact that she, she, either she can't play in the, in, the, in the championship or she doesn't want to play in the championship. But having her in the WSL makes things very fucking interesting for the WSL. I, I absolutely agree, but having been out of the WSL and out of that kind of environment, I think, you know, what, what does wonders at the championship? Is it going to do wonders in the WSL? Obviously she did when she was in the WSL, but yeah, I, I still, I love Carter and I want her to do well. So I'm going to say she's the key sign in there. Yeah, big Danny. Um, uh, Leicester uh, City women um, in their first um, season in the WSL um, have made a couple of good signings. Jessica Worth from Man United being the key one there. I think she is a very good player for keeping things ticking over, keeping the flow moving. And um, yeah, I, I can see them comfortably staying up again. They signed someone uh, else from Man U, didn't they? Uh, a lot of them. To be yeah. honest, <laughs> signed about three or four of them, including academy players. So, yeah, no, they're they're making moves. Uh, West Ham, as of today, announced that they have signed Lisa Evans on loan again. I think that's to get her fitness up. I, I would look. I would hate this to be the end of her uh, career at Arsenal, but kind of have to look at her age profile and injury record, and kind of hope. You had the same um, with Mitchell, so it seems yeah. to be a pattern. Yeah. Um, but they've also signed uh, uh, Yallop, um, uh, Tamika Yallop, um, for Australian player, um, absolutely bossed at the, at the Olympics. And uh, yeah, I think she's going to be uh, really, really interesting. Um, Birmingham, I have staying up. And despite their absolute hatred of their women's team, they have actually invested in a couple of good signings. Uh, Both Quins. 
Both yes. Quinns. Both <laughs> L Quinns. So I don't know how they're going to suss that in the jersey. They went through a phone um, book and just went scrolling <laughs> there. Done, done. So Lucy Quinn and Louise Quinn, obviously Louise Quinn being one of my favourite defenders, the permanent sacker of the women's game. Um, yeah. I think she's going to be the difference. But also there's quite an Irish um, co- uh, cohesion there in the, the back line. I have got Harriet Squat, uh, Scott and uh, Louise Quinn then. And I think that could mm. be solid enough for them to keep themselves up. I, I, I have then, to say, I'm so glad to see that there's so much of an Irish contingency, just in the WSL in general this season. Because a lot yeah. of those players like are, are in properly good teams now as well. Because we'll, we'll talk about Liverpool in a second, but like they kind of picked up the scraps of those who were released and have given them yeah. a, a pretty decent slot in the squad as well. So like it's 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 great to see in our side because we do have genuinely have a great crop of Irish players to that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, then I do have Villa getting relegated, despite can, me considering getting Carla Ward as their. Uh, top transfer and I know she was in towards the end of the season last year but I'm going to consider her like I think she's a fantastic coach and uh, yeah I'm excited to see the season start off the transfer window uh, like in the men's game is still wide open and I'm hoping that we will see um, a few more movements and um, what I will say is for Villa they have signed Alicia Lehman um, so that'll be interesting for them in terms of an attacking like she's kind of going to be the replacement for Iwabuchi there Um yeah. So, yeah, uh, interesting season ahead. Uh, I think what's going to be most exciting is kind of seeing how the new managers adapt. There's a lot of new managers mm. in the... in the. So you might have established teams do that might not do as well because they've got new managers. So it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and then... Especially more than watching the men's Arsenal team because that's <laughs> just going to make me sad. I was going to say, probably uh, <laughs> avoid... Um... Premier League and just focus. WSL is on Sky now as well, so you can just watch them instead. Yeah, just thinking, can I return that third kit now? You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm really raging. I didn't get McCabe 15 in my third kit now, but yeah. uh, um, yeah, like you were saying about the Irish contingent, Sky have picked up the uh, FAWSL this season, so there is going to be a cash injection for a lot of the clubs, a much needed mm. cash injection for most of them. And um, on their billboard around Ireland is a picture of Man United, a picture of Man City, and Katie McCabe. So, like, I love how the Arsenal men's don't have a good enough player to put on a billboard to you know promote the league. Because Katie McCabe's good enough to play in the Arsenal men's team, fucking full stop anyway yeah <laughs> she probably replaced Tierney at this rate like he's having and, and let's be fair game. lads like and between the two teams she's the best Irish player full stop like she's the best player we have in the country yeah yeah like, absolutely um and speaking of Irish players my token shout out for the women's teams um I say token, I'm going to be talking about this again. Uh, but Liverpool. Um, Liverpool yeah. women have a very strong Irish contingent, so I will be absolutely following their season more so than I ever would have. Um, mm. So, yeah, um, they've it's got Lee so Fahey, Lee Young, yeah. Kiernan, Megan Campbell, Oof. who in the preseason friendly came on, immediately won a throw in and immediately <laughs> caused issues. <laughs> <laughs> just like Brentford I think Brentford watched Megan Campbell and were like yeah. oh, can oh any, you know, the, any the long throws has always been a part of their, their game because they have the same uh, throwing coach as we do right okay anyway that's always been part of their game. but um but yeah like no I, I, on that point though like I, I'm very I'm cautiously optimistic we'll get promoted this season um, 
like we didn't stand a chance against Leicester last year. Like they were just so way too good. Um, especially considering that half of them were like ex Liverpool players and they had an axe to grind. So fair enough. <laughs> especially yep. Rush and Little John. But um but yeah, like look, look, um, like it's it's, it's no uh, hardship on Kelly Jepson. I think she's a, a very nice person, and I just don't think she had enough sway to actually command a rebuild of the team. But bringing Matt Beard in, um, who has previously won the league with Liverpool, I think uh, is goes a long, long way. Um, especially considering that, like he he immediately identified what he needed in the squad. Like he signed four players from Bristol, like Yana Daniels uh, was one of the main ones. Um, and she started this he, right away. He brought um, Leanne Kiernan. He got onto the yeah. call. There's an interview with Leanne Kiernan, who basically, as soon as he heard she's he was released. going to Liverpool, yeah. he uh, he was like, I want you with me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think she had the option, uh, West Ham, where um, she had like, a offering her option. new contract. Yeah. yeah. She had a one-year option, but, but, but Batbeard actually said, I want you in the squad. Um, and she said yes. Um, and Megan Campbell... I can't believe we got her in all kind of way where it is like, this is not going to sound like a weird comparison, but it's like when we got Suarez in the sense where how the fuck did no one else notice him? Like, yeah. Uh, okay, granted, he bites people, but fair enough. But like, his, 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 his scores are really good. Like, you know, it's not Disclaimer, Megan, Campbell. Megan Campbell does not bite does people. Does not bite people. As far yet. as we know. <laughs> that is not a thing yet. But, but the, much to that point though, I, I'm so surprised that because Megan Campbell and Leanne Cairn are WSL standard players. Yeah. Like they should be playing that league, but the fact and let's be, let's be fair, like Yana Daniels and so forth, they should be there as well. But and and crucially for us, we've also kept the likes of Rachel Furness, who was a huge signing for us last season. Yeah, tried her best, but it, it just it just didn't click at the end. But now that we she's got the extra year there, and um, now she's also in the Northern Irish squad as well, which is a big deal for her progression too. And um, it's a big year for us. And and I I can't not see us get promoted in a sense where we should be promoted. With that coach, with that team, we should be a WSL team now. And uh, and hopefully that should come to pass. But we're, again, with the championships, only one spot open. A lot of stern competition. So we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And obviously the Irish cohort are going to have an interest for all of us at the pod, not just you absolutely, as a yeah. Liverpool supporter. For sure. Um, so yeah, there you go. We, we, again, we will touch on the WSL uh, next time out because by the, time, by the next time we do this podcast, the WSL will be starting. So we'll be getting to well. Um, but we cannot sign off this podcast uh, without doing our CODs because that's what we do now. It's actually the only segment we've decided to keep during all this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, who would like to start with their CODs this week? Me, 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 me. You have a very interesting story, but yeah, yeah. go for it. Um, uh, yeah, so there's a <laughs> continuing on the women's football team. I actually was going to go with Harry Kane as my card. You were very right in predicting that pre-pod. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, in the last while, uh, a story has been bubbling over that has caught my attention. And that is the um, unusual sacking slash rejigging of the management um, squad at Washington Spirit and NWSL. <laughs> Uh, team uh, who announced during the week that their manager, Richie Burke, no relation to me, uh, I hope, uh, was uh, for health reasons being moved to the front desk and not uh, no longer serving as manager for the club. Um, and then in the intermittent hours after this, there was a further announcement from the club via Twitter um, or not from the club, from various players who kind of make 
kind of veiled attempt or thinly veiled criticisms of, oh, thank God he's gone. This is for the players' <laughs> well-being, not for his well-being. For like, you know, kind of things like that. The, the tweets that kind of appeared and then disappeared as quickly as they came. Um, for for legal matters, presumably. Um, then the club came out with a statement after people were kind of like, well, this is strange. Why would a manager be moved from managing to being like front of house, front desk work? Um, and the club came out with a statement that he was actually fired. <laughs> and he was fired uh, with uh, alluding to the fact that he needed, the, the players needed protection. Um, so that was a bit of an unusual statement in itself. And this whole thing has just been very odd. Um so basically what the allegations are is that he was emotionally abusive to players. Things like he would say they were playing in a match, they'd get themselves ready for the match, and then he'd tell them last minute they weren't playing. And you think, well, that's the manager's decision, but this seemed to be kind of a way of emotional abusing them rather than actually getting them hyped or geared up for any sort of match. And there's also some her- horrendous allegations of racism and sexism being used uh, in the dressing room in front of other players. Uh, again, these allegations are allegations, and uh, but they are fairly horrific and mm. multiple. Um, yeah. So uh, that would be an issue that uh, I'm going to put him as my cod um, purely because no one gets fired so unusually if the unless the club are scrambling to hide something. Yeah, that's um, the thing. Like, because it yeah. caused so much of a weird fuss about it, it actually garnered more attention. Whereas exactly. if they just were more blunt about it, they would like, everyone just go, oh, fair enough. You know? So um, just like the uh, apart from the athletic was on, on this was saying sources familiar with the team confirmed they were unaware of any health issues associated with Burke uh, after the team's release was shared on Tuesday morning. Mm. Um, and they have since... Uh, denied like requests for comments from uh, other journalists and the athletic. So it, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Uh, so he's my card for that. Very good. Wasn't it, wasn't it the rumor that he gave a rookie player a panic attack during a game? He berated her so much. That, that was one of them as well as in, and he was kind of trying to like break them down to build them back up is kind of the, the idea behind it but like having someone have a physical panic attack on a pitch is not how you work player I don't know I, 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 I'm so no well for Luke Shaw that, like. <laughs> you're just not you're just not with it Bork Bart you're just, you're just not with the times you just don't know you've been um, out of the game you've been out of the game yeah. too long exactly yeah, no, there's like there's like a racial slurs being used willy-nilly yeah. in the in the dressing room and stuff like that so yeah it's not not on. It, it, is this such a very familiar story to mark sampson in a way where like mark sampson everyone was singing his praises so fucking much but like people in the know kind of knew the reality of what he of all the kind of shit he was pulling but they just didn't want to do anything because he was like an fa fucking like golden boy and thought he was that they, they thought he was brilliant and then suddenly like it had, to, it had to actually come from the players to say what was going on. There was actually so, no oversight to say. I, I honestly crazy. wish I knew if this was kind of a thing that the players were going to come out with these tweets beforehand or whether it was a, like, I don't, it, it is so in the, like, I'm so in the dark. And I think um, unless the, uh, 
journalists are for, like buried away trying to you know unravel the scoop um yes. I, I don't i think everyone's kind of in the dark about this so uh, what i would like when initially reading this uh was the players would have gone to the club and complained mm. the club agreed right we were going to remove him from the managerial managerials and they're like no 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 it's more serious than that we need him gone and the club gone oh shit well we've already put out that statement that we've moved him to the like the front desk and they're like you know i'd imagine it's something like along the lines of that i think like it was maybe a threat of going public with some of the allegations and then they tried to hide yeah. it and bury it like that but uh that's just a conjecture on my part fair enough um so uh, neil would you like to uh jump in on yours you did give us some lovely memos um on your cards oh have you played them you haven't actually i you literally all right i was about to play them and then you popped in so all right yeah my card is football reporting basically just reporting reporters in general we've spoken about the anti-arsenal bias before Mm -hmm. uh, in the press and it's just it's really a fever pitch i actually think because this window's not over and what we've done hasn't been too bad uh but you'd swear like we were just sitting on our hands doing absolutely fuck all like we are trying Mm -hmm. to sign players but like, yeah. there's nothing, nothing gets said about any other team. Like, the Lukaku deal, I think, is terrible. Like, I must be the only person who think that is fucking terrible. Like, can you imagine the tsunami of boiling piss the internet would turn into if Arsenal signed a player back for over three times more than what they sold them for a season after spending a hundred million quid reinforcing their attack? Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree. And obviously we are in that bubble, Neil, where we are getting the 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 Arsenal me like posts, you know, sent to us or promote like promoted mm. to us or you know, within our bubble of Arsenal supporters, it is being shared and reshared. Um and we're not seeing the other bubbles of fandoms, but I genuinely but it's the press, it's the the main, it's the actual press, like it's the people, the articles I'm reading are all like, everybody's for this, and I'm like, what are Arsenal doing? They're doing fuck all. It's like, what? No, man, we've just got limited resources. Whereas Chelsea are spending 115 million quid on a player they sold for in around 20, 25. Mm. They're going to be paying him over 300 grand a week. And he's going to absolutely annihilate like if Timo Timo Werner is a temperamental player, if he's low on confidence now, imagine what he's going to be like after like fucking he's four years. by Lukaku, like after be after four years of being made Lukaku's prison bitch. Mm. Like, it's it's going to be ridiculous. Like but Lukaku's going to dominate him. I totally like you missed the start of the podcast, Neil, um, while you were <laughs> stuck in the void, but. Um... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I did say like, okay, Chelsea have reinforced with Lukaku because I do think he is an upgrade on Werner. I don't think the deal is an upgrade. So I do want to clarify. I do agree mm. with Neil on this point where I, I think Lukaku as a player is an upgrade on Werner. I don't think the deal is an upgrade on Werner. Um, and I, I agree. I literally said like, I think the fans at Arsenal, especially of Arsenal, and obviously that's the kind of group I see and the kind of mm. the bubble that I'm in, are annoyed mm. with Arsenal in terms of not removing the dead weight we'd hope we'd get rid of. At the start of this transfer window, we were looking at the squad saying there's so much dead wood we need to get rid of. Um, 
but uh, because we've got a squad that has finished eight two seasons in a row. So there's obviously something needs to change. And the changes that have come in so far are squad players, not starters. Now, Lukonga has started because parties are injured, but would he start normally? I don't think so. Taveras wouldn't start. He's come on as a sub. I think that's what the the press are kind of angling for is to say that we've not bought a starter player. I know Ben White has actually started, but I forget he's a thing. He is the most <laughs> boring player signing we have ever his name oh, is Ben White, and you just think he's like some sort of snooker player instead. Yeah. I, I, he, I, I didn't think he was all that much like at Brighton. I don't think he's 50 million fucking worth. I don't think he's a spectacular addition to our squad. Um, He's basically like Rob Holding with hair. Like, <laughs> that's, that's it. I don't see him as an upgrade, really, to our squad. But, like, you're looking at him as a signing, and that's just like, oh, yeah, we signed a bucket of paint. Um, like, it, there's been no excitement. And I said, again, in the, like, before you joined, Neil, like, there are some clubs out there that are two signings away from being exciting teams. Um, and we're, we are one of them. We are one of those teams that needs one or two signings to lift the spirits. And I think that's what the press are calling out for. They're trying to like, they're trying to get those clicks and trying to, you know, drag Arsenal into doing something interesting that they can write about. Um, and unfortunately, the only thing that's getting any sort of clicks is the fucking links to Ramsdale. Um, and after Leno's performance, maybe maybe Ramsdale might be a, an upgrade uh, at this stage. You know, fucking I'll throw my hands in goal there. Uh, I might be able to do something and not get beaten at my near post or beaten by a fucking header uh, from a throw-in. Uh, but, um, hmm. no, no, like, but, it's, but it's also it's other teams as well. It's not just Chelsea as well. Like, take a look at the situation at Manchester United. Like. I don't see a massive... I'm like, I know a fair number of United fans and they're fed up with Pogba. There's no furor over it. If we'd have let... If, like, they, be aware, but Pogba, they let him go for free. He ripped it up at Juventus. They bought him back for a then world record fee of 100 million quid. They're paying him 300 grand a week over... Well over 300. I think he was on 375 by the end of it. He's just under David De Gea. Hmm. So they paid him tens of millions of base salary. And they're going to let him go on free again. Because for the last five years, he's been playing like a fucking arsehole. He's been playing complete shit. And so yeah. they're going to lose a player they spent 100 million quid on for free twice. Twice. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Again, weirdest Arsenal. Holy fuck. Like, <laughs> you know. I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. Because... Look, at the, look at the furor over when, we, when Ramsey was let go for free. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, imagine if we let Ramsey go for free, signed him back for 100 million quid, and then after five years, let him go on another free again. Mm. No, <laughs> I, I do I do where you're coming from because we are, we're, we kind of get the same thing. We're getting the same thing this season ourselves because, the Liber- because there's just no news at Liverpool. We signed one player, which is the one position we needed, central defence, Ganate, boom, he's in. That's it. We, we didn't, we like going by the squad, we're full. The club has explained this. Like, we have we have our quota of homegrown players, we have have too many internationals. So, if we want to sign somebody else, number one, we have to sell two players to do it, and one and two, it likely has to be an English player. That's why we're linked always with Jared Bowen. 
and everyone everyone is now going, oh God, Bowen, oh, he's terrible. It's like, yeah, he's just saying the same fucking thing about Jota last year. Well, I, 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 I think the whole thing about the Liverpool squad is that it's really, really fucking old. It's getting old now. That's what I'm saying. They have one more year in them and then they're starting to get shifted on. You see, but that's that's the, why... Like, there's one more year in them and then they're getting shifted on. I was like, not really, because they're all past their resale. Like, yeah. you're not going to get a whole that's lot. Like, the not even, not even Liverpool. Not even Liverpool who specialise in just rinsing other teams for ridiculous amounts of cash for players who don't play for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, so, uh, but you're, you're like, after in another year, what, Mane is going to be, what, 30? They're all, like, they're all the same. The front three are all the same age. Yeah. Mane, so that, that's how, the way they designed it. So when yeah, they all grow all like, together and then they start getting replaced, so Jota will replace Romino and then there'll be two other players to replace Mane and Salah. That's in theory. Yeah, but get the thing is, is that like, you're not going to get any resale value. So Mane is, what, contracted no, for no. another three years. Well, no, they're, not, they're not being designed for resale. That's why Ronaldo went down, went down on the free. They use up the players and then they let them go on freeze. That, that's, that's been the FSG kind of principle. They did the same with Emery Chan. They said, okay, he's not resigning, we'll just let him go. Like, they, they, that's the thing. They, they know who they can sell on for money. And then the ones that are actively, who want to just move on, they just let them go. Like, I, think, I think, to be honest with you, I think if the market wasn't so depressed, it sold off Mane. Probably, but who would he go to? That's the question. If there was a buyer, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I think Barcelona are looking out for like an attacking midfielder, forward type. <laughs> <laughs> I think he actually would be a great fit in there, to be honest. But like, ah, yeah, yeah, I get it. But, but uh, yeah. like, just it's just it's ridiculous. Like, like you'd swear that Arsenal were just absolutely tanking, yeah. almost deliberately the team. Yeah, and, there is a uh, kind of perception. I don't before. know the evidence tonight now, Neil. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I am currently talking against no, uh, no smoke out fire, like, you know. Uh, but my my point is, is that like we're getting slight, we get we get loads, we get dogs abuse. But nobody's mm-hmm. looking at like other teams and going, "This is a really stupid fucking thing." Where, like, where's Spurs? Where, where's the piece on Spurs, for example? Exactly, you know, like yeah, I know what you mean. Spurs, because like it's just. I'm getting fed up with it. Like, and every single fucking publication like, no, has like, There's no respite from it. There's no, yeah. like, you're looking at your shit team playing shit. You go yeah. online for a bit of comfort, and then it's like, this team is shit. This is the worst thing. <laughs> and it's like, the transfers are shit. The manager is shit. Yeah. The owners are shit. Yeah, and no. it's like, yeah, we, we know that, but is there any glimmer of hope? No, you're shit. But I, I, not team. even that. There's your glimmer of hope. Everyone listening to this who's never li- watched an Arsenal women's team match, go watch them. They are the ray of sunshine this club needs. Mm, absolutely. But even then, you can't even go online for the respite of, all right, then I know we're shit, but is anybody else doing shit? I yeah, mean, no, there's not even that. It's, no, it's just Arsenal. It's just Arsenal complete shit. Absolutely, yeah. Like Manchester United signed a Labrador retriever as a fucking midfielder. Like, I did think, and also like nobody seems to know, like nobody's actually picking up on what City are doing, which is basically more sports washing. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. egregious sports washing as well. That's yeah, they're just gonna, they're just going to sign. Yeah, it's the, it's a really nationalist way of sports washing, and that they're just going to yeah. sign the England national team, or all the best elements of it, turn themselves to England FC, mm. and go just dare the press to hate them. Because yeah, honestly, the point you made in our notes was very, very fascinating to me. Yeah, because I can't disagree with it. It's such a weird angle to look the, at. The current England 
players that they've got. Right? Pep, basically, Pep is basically fed up not having smoke blown up his hole by the press because everybody knows about their financial doping. I mean, he's, go back and watch the press conference when they did the domestic treble. He's going fucking crazy because they're not asking him any questions about winning the game. They're asking him questions about money, about cash, about fucking going to the court of arbitration of sport and pleading mm. guilty to obstruction. <laughs> like, And he's going tonto. So the only way they're going to... He's like, right, I want the press on board. I want credit. I want to be loved here. Like, he's a narcissist. Yeah. So they want that. Now, the current England team members they have, Foden, Stones, all right, they've got no personality. So they're not going to get anybody on side. Walker didn't really endear himself to anybody with his multiple COVID protocol breaks, you know? And if, let's what the press think about Raheem Sterling is, you know, best left unsaid. So they're like, all right, we need to sign the shining lights of fucking English talent. What so the people like? Yeah, so they signed Grealish, even though they're not going to play. Like, he's going to play him out left. Like, I know we've got a small sample size of where City are going to play him, but he's going to be played left wing. And yeah. the thing is, Pep doesn't like his wingers cutting in. Like, Grealish genuinely thinks he's going to go to that team. He's going to be not kind of nominally played on the left, but he's going to be free to do what he wants. That's horseshit. You don't do what Pep tells you to do. He subs you off. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned it before that famous. Do you remember the Ter- Thierry Henry interview? Yes. Where he, yeah. he was at, he was played in the left, and he got fed up because he didn't touch the ball for ten minutes, and he cut in, got the ball, scored a goal, and after a celebration, he looked around and his number was being held up. He was being subbed off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. Pep team, you're playing on the wing. You're there to stretch the pitch. You're there mm. tactically. You're not there to cut inside. You're not even there to look for possession. You're there to stretch the pitch. That's it. He is to have chalk on his boots at the end of every game. That's not going to suit Grealish. Grealish plays through the middle. Grealish has to dictate play. He's not going to do that at sea. He's, he's going to be yeah, garbage. He, I guarantee you. Watch his numbers. Yeah. are going to be garbage. Yeah, I agree. And when, I agree. And when they sign yeah. Kane, like that's it. It's basically, you're going to have one of the shining, two of the shining lights of English talent and the England captain. And they're going to turn around to the fucking English press and go, right, now hate us. It, it, it's so striking to me because, like, you'll hear Pep Guardiola and he'll come across, like, this kind of great socialist mind of, like, oh, we need to do things organically. We need to do the build people. Isn't this bollocks? <laughs> Even, oh, like, like, this is the thing. He can't accept the fact that he is a massive hypocrite. He can't deal with the fact that, like, he is sitting on a state-sponsored club able to have limitless money He's only got perfect team to win one competition, and they still can't win that competition. Yeah. You know, it's pathetic. It, it, it is pathetic. And the problem is, like, that pushes other clubs to do the same thing. So when Man City spend 100 million on Jack Grealish, then Chelsea have to spend 100 million on Lukaku. What is it? I read it somewhere. What's it's the average player price now? The average yeah. transfer fee at Manchester City now is 44 million. 44 million, yeah. Yeah. That's the average one. Over a 25-man squad. Yes. That's fucking horrendous. 44 fucking million. Here's a stat for you, right? The the Manchester City squad uh, is more expensive than all of Brighton. The Brighton Brighton Hove Albion Club, right? As in, like, the players and the stadium. (laughs) The stadium, you can buy the Amex stadium for less money than the Manchester City squad. That's egregious. So they, anyway. and they've the nerve to slag off Paris Saint Germain. Oh fuck them. No, I now here we go. Here's my card. Right. So oh! have I my done the brilliant PSG. segue? 
Uh, it is. Uh, accidentally, my COD is not PSG, um, nor is it Sergio Ramos. My COD is, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, it's one of the best players ever to exist. My COD is Lionel Messi. <laughs> yes. Because I, I could not, obviously the media loving was pathetic, to be honest. It was, it was so yeah. fantastic, it was so fangirly. It was more like a, it's like they've watched. I, I did. Yeah, they, I did ping you the picture of the athletic homepage where they had li- a live messy. Like, I was like, these guys are come high on. Down. I am Get paying five a month yourself. for this. Fuck off. No. Fuck off. I saw. Do you know what I saw? This like literally people had been treating this like Messi leaving Barcelona. Like this is the footballing equivalent of nine eleven. Like it was the one thing that should have never happened before, and it'll never happen again. Like Ronaldo left Real Madrid. It's happened, okay? It, it's possible. Mer- footballers are mercenaries, and so is Messi. And again, I just found it so incredible the whole saga of like Messi's finally in Barcelona. He's been wanting to leave for four years. This is not news. He has just found the perfect opportunity too, and he has built this club for all its worth. He was desperate to leave last season. Yeah, uh, like I just don't get said about it, and also the fact that like, yeah, he's wanted to leave, left, leave for the last four years. Yes. So Barcelona had to hand him a Wait, contract. Where was this love in when Vicky Lasada left Barcelona Women, despite it being her childhood club as well? Exactly. I know she left to go to the US, but that's because Barcelona weren't professional. Then she went to Arsenal and won everything and was like, see, this is how you run a club, Barcelona. And they're like, oh, okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. She then became club captain. And with Messi, did a lot of promo shoots and stuff about like how they love the club and how it's like, you know, the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. And she fucked off because Bar- like she literally said, I have to leave my club because they are awful. Like okay, yeah. not I, I have not taken that verbatim, but like, there's they, a certain amount of paraphrasing going on there. It's paraphrasing, yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, like, but that's the, the, that's the she she quoted the same reasons that Messi has quoted that yeah. like the club has not been well run, and everyone can fucking see this. How many times was Barcelona Neil's card last yes. year? Yeah. Like, you, you, but like uh, did you read the piece in the Financial Times about them? I uh, have not. Have you? Uh, the, I've read br- the blurb. The, the blurb of it. The brilliant story about the Dembele transfer. Have you heard of it? Oh, man. I know, I know of the transfer. The transfer right, is so the, they, they were signing him off Dortmund, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, right. So the Barcelona representatives were meeting up with the Dortmund representatives. So beforehand, I think it was also Maria Bartomeu. So beforehand, they kind of stopped for like quadruple espresso or some shit like that. And they went, right, <laughs> our ceiling is 80 million. Nothing more. Not a cent more. Don't go a cent over it. We haggle, we argue, whatever. But 80 million, if they want more than 80 million, we turn around, we get up, we go, thank you, but no thank you, and we walk out. So they go into the meeting with the Dortmund executives, and the executives go, the Dortmund guys go, look, it's really sorry, but we have a flight to catch in 25 minutes. So we've only really got one question. Our price is 160 million. Take it or leave it. And the Barcelona guys went, yeah, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> that's been reported in the fucking major newspaper. That's like that's your that's negotiators. Embarrassing. Oh. Oh. That's beautiful. Fucking that's fucking Alan Partridge shit. That is. Oh man, I I remember because I'd I'd read it, laughed, and then I'd listened to the second captain's podcast and Ken Early laughed. Basically repeated it as I said it, like through like guffaws of laughter. He just he this couldn't get a single set. The, the world. 
these guys are fucking idiots. Like, how do you get to run a club if you're this bad at your job? Like, this is terrible. Like, this is Homer Simpson level high. This is Frank DeBoer level of falling up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing about this, right? Like, like this is what my point about Messi is that, like, he is in floods of tears saying, like, I'm not ready for this. I don't want to go and all this sort of stuff. Bollocks. Yeah. This writing has been on the wall for four years. You could have left four years ago. You could have gone anywhere in the world when the things weren't in lockdown. But instead, you took more money, you took more contracts, you milked the club to its ruin. And I just saw when he, when I was watching his press conference. Obviously, I found the the the, um, the, pre- the press thing a complete like you know sycophantic. Um, I I couldn't watch it. I didn't. I, yeah. I refused to watch it. But the only like, bit of it I watched was El Chiringuito calling for riots in the streets of Barcelona. That's what the part I like, because that is like at least an honest response. No, El Chiringuito is the exact opposite of honest. They're, that's hype, they're, that's hyperbole taken to the fucking nth degree. They're, they're like the like the, the WWF equivalent. Of oh, they're so over the top. It's brilliant. Like, like, I want to learn. They make me want to learn Spanish. So oh, yeah. I actually felt like crying because he left. Yeah, exactly. I've, I Live was, on uh, television. A friend of mine has showed me that there's a Twitter, uh, there's a Twitter account called El Chiringuito in English. In English, yes. And it's actually made me want to get back onto Twitter. That's how much I want yeah. to, like El Chiringuito. I love it. I just fucking love it. It's so ridiculously stupid. I love it. But he's well, just like the the report on the Messi leaving one. It was just it was hilarious. It's just them screaming obscenities yeah. into a camera <laughs> it's like he's having a breakdown in the hall of mirrors it's hilarious that's it yeah and the thing is like as i go back to that press conference like i when i was seeing him crying i just saw mate that's just crocodile tears like I, I i cannot believe because like again we're not barcelona fans we don't live in barcelona we don't know what it's like but this is to them almost like god leaving like god is dead jesus has died he's been crucified and he's died for our sins because there are people actively crying Grown mm. men crying at the gates, grabbing at seat, looking at Messi leaving for the last time. I'm thinking, like, you, you guys, honestly, do realize that he doesn't give a flying shit about you, because all he has done, like, okay, granted, from the time he was seven, like, to sign the fucking contract on the napkin, all that sort of stuff. Like, this has been a symbiotic like relationship of abuse, where Messi will like. Barcelona will will nurture Messi up to a certain point. They will put him on a pedestal. They will market him to the moon, make a rake load of money. And then when Messi is now a top star, then it switches the other way around, where now he's milking that club. For yeah, that it's like they've taken the turns being parasites off each other. One, absolutely. You fucking nailed on the head. So here is when it comes to the parasite part, right? Messi has always been compared to Ronaldo, right, over, over time. And Ronaldo has always been perceived as the more selfish player, the more like... Um, materialistic player all this sort of stuff and Messi's always been seen as more like kind of like modest and quiet and all this sort of stuff because he doesn't like flaunt his wealth yeah What's, what club did he go to after uh, Barcelona did he go back to uh, Neil's old boys his boyhood club that he said he was going to go back no no he didn't no 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 and is he gone back to his home country at all of Argentina no 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 he hates it there um, did he say in Spain no 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 he's sick of them oh he's got the PSG he's got the PSG sponsored by the fucking Qataris to spend to earn 25 million a year and he doesn't want to he was on more than that yeah, whatever it is i've I no it's stupid amounts of money yeah he's, he's is, on he's on over a million quid a week yeah a million quid a week yeah so like 
again, that that point is there. Like, if he was really this modest, gentlemanly, humble, world-class footballer, he wouldn't be going anywhere near PSG. He wouldn't have been on the money that fucking Barcelona was throwing at him. Because he would have read the, read, read the room and went, maybe me being on a million a week is bad for this football club. Because now all of it's us not, have to be at It's a not bad for club. Qatar. It's not bad for the Qatari fucking... No, of course not. No, it's, it's fucking wealth fund. I mean, yeah. they're okay with kind of doping it all up to the point where oh, every player should be on 600 grand a week and... Yeah. You know, anybody who else can't compete will just take their players and pay them 600 grand a week. And that's all it is. made just another one of those players. He exactly. is now was a, the same as Neymar. There was, a really good, there was a really good point made that, like, I reckon that the wage that Wijnaldum is getting is probably more than the combined sums of the wages of every other club that were in for him. Absolutely. Including yeah. Liverpool. Including Liverpool, <laughs> yeah. Know? No, we were only allowed to offer him something else. We, we, yeah. we, we, were, we were asking for a pay cut. Yeah, so you know, like I I yeah. severely doubt that as well. No, but it's just I, I, I agree. Like, there was yeah. a great there was a great uh, fucking article in the Athletic. It's just like the league on can now no longer be considered a competitive sport. Mm. I mean, if you could field one of either Neymar, Mbappe, or Messi, that's a luxury. If you could field two, it feels like cheating. Being able to field all three makes you wonder what's the point. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's and, just uh, a football. Like, they, they have signed other players since. And what's even more hilarious is that Neymar ran the PSG from Barcelona to get out of Messi's shadow. Yes. I was like, you know, he's right back in there. I was like, you're a fucking little mushroom. <laughs> you know, yeah. stay in the shade. Ah, it's just... Ah, it, it, it's just... It's so, it's it's so, so sad. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, like, I hated the media loving for him. Like, he... Um, like, the whole Messi going to PSG, I think he would have gotten a lot more... Um, I suppose sympathy if he would be like no I'm leaving the club because they're being run so badly I'm going to go to a well run club and he'd gone to somewhere like you know like his boyhood club back in Argentina he, or he's like, always maybe... said he wants to go to New old boys after Barcelona he has always said that's the day one yeah. that's always been his plan and then suddenly 25 million in the pocket in the pocket of the Guitaris don't win the like, in fairness, I still think he has more to give in terms of playing ability, so I can understand why he isn't going back to lit. Yeah, like, he, up like. exactly. I, I, I like his. He's not really declined a whole lot, you know. And now, particularly at Paris Saint Germain, he's going to be firing balls over the top to Mbappe and Neymar. Yeah, <laughs> it's worth waiting to wind in your career. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good place to be. Like, you're not playing competitive football. Like, you'll only have to play. Can, like... can you can you name a club that is well run in in top flight football? Well, Paris Saint Germain is a well run club because they're run with the sole premise of destroying Barcelona. And that's what they've done. <laughs> mm. They've signed all their players. Yeah. They've signed all their they best players and they've run them well. into the ground. It's like, no, we've taken, we've literally taken like, your soul. Literally the only, the only well-run club I can think of is like Lewis Football Club where the men and women have like equal footing in the club. Like, that'd be amazing to see. Or Forest Green, Rovers. Yeah. Um, like, Brentford. if he'd gone there. Oh, it, sh- fuck it, sure. They're having a great night evening. Let's tell them they should get Messi as well. Ah, yeah, go on, yeah. You'd love to see it. Um, yeah, I think I think he sh- I personally I think he should have signed for Bose, but that's just me. I think he, he strikes me as a very Bose player. Although I'm not sure if Georgie Kelly would want to 
give up a spot to Messi. Like it's a very <laughs> it's a tough call between the two of them. You know, like um, you know, it's it's, it's hard to say. No, like Messi would have to earn his place over Georgie. He Kelly. would. He would. Yeah. Like it's a uh, it, it's it, it, they're not they don't grow on trees. Those those uh, shirt numbers. You know. <laughs> but like, but it's it's a point. Like it it just is like it's a rude awakening for everyone, especially Barcelona fans. I hope they woke up the next morning realizing that the person that they had idolized for twenty years just didn't really that care that much. Or uh, yeah, cared. We, we all know that that did not happen. No, it did not happen. <laughs> but, even if one person, if the curse lifted on one person, I believe it. But like this is, this is also is as we kind of discussed about it pre- previously. This is going to cause such a massive rift in Barcelona that like the manager is going to be despised. The players are going to be despised. The likes. Well, of you've already are... seen like um, uh, um has been at, yeah. like booed by the fans because him refusing to take a pay cut in order to fund Messi yeah. wages as they're like oh like you ruined our it, football club there's a fact, yeah like Griez- Griezmann's getting his car baracked as he goes into the fucking new camp yeah now like they're, they're, they're showing up at the training ground like the open training sessions and shouting Ooh. at the fucking players like um, so and also the funny thing is that like the thing about like Messi leaving is that it doesn't solve any of Barcelona's problems. No. They still can't sign anybody. And because they've not gone into that collective bargaining agreement with CVC, which, by the way, I think is ridiculous. Mm. And, oh, sorry, I think the deal is ridiculous, not them going in for it. Yeah. Um, like, they're, they're, like, they're still not going to be able to sign anybody, you know? I mean, like, Aguero is somewhat taking the shine off of it by managing to go and injure himself until the end of October. Oh, that's so funny. So, like, it's so funny because he went to Barcelona to play with Messi. Yeah. Did he, what he wrecked the calf? He wrecked the calf muscle just walking or some shit like that. Something like that. Yeah. And it was on the day as well of Messi leaving. So, yeah. So, like, I don't, it's just hilarious. Um, it's a dumb so far. It's a total disaster. And again, much to the point that people would are saying as well, like, this is also, it has such a knock on effect as well because. Again, the one person I was going to mention there was Sergino Dest, who is also, there's a fan petition uh, to get him transfer listed because he showed up to Messi's fucking farewell in a basketball top. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it, like to them, that was like going to like a fucking like funeral with your cock hanging out in all kind of way. Like they just, there had to be this such as kind of like messianic fucking farewell to it all. It's pathetic, really. It's, 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 it's just so fucking pandering. But, um, on that point, though, like it, it does destroy La Liga as well because now you have like a lot of the, for a long time the La Liga's like marketing has been Ronaldo versus Messi. Now both of them are gone. So what is their stance now? Are they actually oh let's have a fair football? Hey, team. what like let's have the downfall of the two clubs we've promoted and bigged up and financially doped over the last ten years? Yes, here's Sevilla. <laughs> Here's Unai Emery. You know, Dracula. <laughs> the guy who took the life out of football. Isn't that <laughs> likes, cool, guys? That's his gimmick. He likes to count things. Like, one fried <laughs> coconut. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine now the guy, whoever the poor fucker is, who had to sell La Liga now to the TV companies, going like, okay, okay, right. Now, I know... Messi and Ronaldo are gone, okay? Barcelona's on fire. Real Madrid is on a slightly lesser fire, okay? But let me tell you about Ibar, right? <laughs> I don't know anything about Ibar. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
It's like fucking hell. Like, um, so wait, anyway, wait, wait, people here, Atalanta isn't actually under the water. What? Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Jean, I was gonna, I was gonna tell her tomorrow. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you, you spoiled it now. Thanks. I was, gonna, yeah. I was probably gonna notice. Uh, when the Spurs players didn't have gills, but then I would have been like, "Oh, they shouldn't be Spurs players then because they're not like." I, I, we, what we should have done for your birthday was given you tickets to your to an Atlanta home game and just watch you like appear in a snorkel. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna forget this fact as well as soon as this podcast ends. Absolutely, yes. Literally, the instant <laughs> she's already forgotten it. Yes. Um, What's it? <laughs> <laughs> Wofford. Um. So. Oh, so again, now it's time to dish out our cods. So, um, so uh, what do you guys fancy for your cods? Uh, I have to say the football press thing does affect me uh, more so than the messy thing. I do agree that the messy thing was absolutely dickish and horrendous and is ruining football. But also football press makes me sad, especially the stuff that's so anti-Arsenal because, you know, Apart from the women at Arsenal Football Club, what else do I have to look forward to except the sexy, sexy kits? Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go football press. And sorry, Jonathan, I do agree uh, on most days your your pick of Messi would win. But I am just so sad for my team and me uh, that I have to go with football press. That's fair. That's fine. That's okay. I can live with that. I'll I'll go with uh, Richie Burke as the... Mm. Cod of the, the week. Um, I'm actually quite... Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. I'm surprised none of us picked the Juve women team. Oh, my God. Like, that was that, also that was, a very close... Yeah, that was, like, a week ago. Like, a lot of things have changed then. Like... <laughs> that, no, that was... It was between Juve and Kane for me all week. And then the Richie Burke stuff came out, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to talk about this. Hmm. Um, I'm so sad for my Burks and me. I would say it, it's a, it's in a bad time for the for the Burke Parish, but um, no, I would say I would say for me, I'm gonna go with the football punditry because again, it kind of ties into the whole um, the my kind of story about Messi about how everything has turned into a bit of a sycophantic. How did this happen? You know, it's it, like literally the Messi story is literally the full embodiment of the Eric Andre spot where he shoots the guy in the, in the chair 12 times and goes, who shot him? How did this happen? <laughs> How did this happen? Done this? Yeah. It's like, well, what the fuck do you expect people? This has been happening for four years. Why are you pretending it's a shock now? You, you are football writers. This is your job. You're journalists. This is not a surprise. I think, I think it's just that they're kind of proving the point that the term journalist is now too broad a tor- term. In yes. much the same way that actor now encompasses everyone from fucking Meryl Streep to, you know, the, the honey monster. Mm. <laughs> That's a lot of range, in fairness. I mean, exactly, Meryl, yeah. Streep, Meryl Streep playing the honey monster. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> I'm buying tickets to that motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I just say, I just think like they're just they're not actually journalists. They're just yeah. reporters, and that's something that's totally different. That's it, yeah. Like the the Athletic showed their hand by having an actual like tab to go. Here's what's happening with Messi. Here's what he had for breakfast. Here's when he cried. Here's when he cried again. Here's when he signed for PSG. Here's PSG's terrible video where they CGI him in the middle of a pitch. Oh yes. no, I, I just la- I just laughed at that. I was Is like, it- who did he who did he get to direct this, Michael Owen? 
this is the this is a state sponsored <laughs> club, and the best they can do is some drone footage of their merchandise shop. Yes, we literally have nothing else. We spent all the money on the you know, Messi. They don't even have like a history to like add him to. Like it'd be like if he had signed for Spurs and it's just an empty room. It's like here's the trophies he could win with us. He could actually <laughs> use this room. This is where we keep our Champions League trophy. If we had one. <laughs> <laughs> This is where Kane keeps all of his golden boots. <laughs> <laughs> we, this we is have where Harry Kane Wings. comes to cry. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with that, guys, that's our that's our season preview done. Um, we've been able to talk through the the Brentford Arsenal match successfully, which is uh, probably a good thing for the two Arsenal fans in the in the call. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, when we come back then uh, on the show, obviously the Premier League will be in full swing. The WSL will be back. Uh, and I'm sure something else scandalous will happen in football. Maybe Harry Kane will get his move to Spurs, to Man City. Um, or maybe he'll be locked in a cage underneath the Spurs stadium, precisely where the cheese room is. It can literally <laughs> go either way, lads. Um, no, but, he's uh, going to be given like he's going to be given like a penance, like Conan the Barbarian, where he has to push the cheese wheel around and round. Oh yeah, you know, he, deep underground. Yes, <laughs> he gets he gets attached to the stone of shame. Yes, attached to the stone of shame and attached to the stone of a six-year contract. Yes, which <laughs> actually, hang on, wait a minute, he attached this himself. What the fuck is he complaining about, <laughs> idiot? <laughs> I I, I actually. To take your Eric Andre kind of assimilate further is like the Kane situation is like not just that he shot a guy in the chair and asked how did this happen he shot himself yes <laughs> gone what the hell I didn't know do that he signed the contract <laughs> and went oh god what have I done yeah exactly. how did this happen who made me do this <laughs> who can I blame for this yeah <laughs> how many puff pieces can I do with Gary Neville to say that I want to leave Spurs. One, apparently. That's it. That's all it takes. Well, fuck me. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, lads, well, again, this has been an enjoyable um, preview to the season. This is nice. Yeah, I'm glad we caught up. You know, it's, it's, it's good. It's, we're, in the, we're in the right mood for the, champ, for the championship. We get to see two big oligarchs fighting out for dominance and end up Aston Villa winning, hopefully. Fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> open for anything at this stage. But, um, but, guys, thank you very much for your company tonight. Burkbot, Neil, always a pleasure to talk football wishes. Um, and if you have enjoyed our liquid football show, by all means, please follow us on Spotify for more of the same. You'll find this show, the Jellyfield Donut, and various other hot content that we do. And speaking of hot content, while you're here, please do subscribe to us on uh, YouTube at Monday Madness LP. Uh, again, we are surrounded by Indian sex pests. Something is changing to someone. There's just more of them. So uh, please, some real people will be nice. And uh, if you could do that, that'd be great. Uh, because literally, all I have to do is keep saying a load of sex spots every morning, and it's getting really distracting. Um, so with that in mind guys uh, again thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll see you on the next one because all of that was Liquid Football Woo! Woo!